guys welcome back this is the inside dirt show episode number four as always i'm your host joe stevens joined once again by duran stapleton duran good to have you back mate we spent some time together yesterday in the confined quarters of the nrg tv uh mx national tv studio how'd you enjoy your time doing that mate i'm glad that we're in in that little you know uh, studio so that we were out in the rain that's for sure yeah, um, we'll get to that because uh, one thing, he wasn't a mutter, but it definitely... Well, we had every season, pretty much. You had the weather play some part, that's for sure. So this is the one thing, 2019 MX Nationals Round 2 Review Show, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. We finally got some racing on track, not just survival, and we had a lot going on on the racetrack, a lot going on in the pits. There was some protests, we'll get to that. There was a lot of crazy results. We had guys coming over from different countries. We had some of the heavy hitters going to the hospital. And that's just to name a few. So um, we'll get into that real soon. But uh, first of all, let's give you guys a rundown on what's going to be happening on the show tonight. Uh, We've got the man that came out of retirement off the couch, whatever you want to call it, Lawson Bopping. He got the call up to uh, fill in for the injured Dylan Long on the Empire Kawasaki team in MX1. Boppo hole-shotted that first moto and absolutely killed it until the uh, wind came out of the sails a little bit towards the end of the moto. So we're going to get Bopping on to talk about that. Um, we've got Erky Caro, the rider from Estonia that came out of nowhere uh, and joined the MX Nationals Tour for round number two. Um, Caro's a really cool story, doing it full privateer over here in Australia. And, um, man, he had a really impressive ride. So we're going to talk about Caro. Uh, we've got Cooper Posniak on. Pos is uh, starting to do some good things back on uh, the MX2 class. Cool to see Pos sort of getting his career kick-started again. So I really want to get Pos on tonight and chat to him. Of course, we're going to give you guys the rundown on all the action at MX1 and MX2, the results, the play-by-play, and uh, who did what. And then we're going to have a quick chat with uh, MXD rider Riley Finlay. He's going to be in studio uh, to have a chat with us. And we're going to go through the MXD results. So we've got a little bit going on to uh, get through tonight. So we've got to be a little bit time conscious. But, Duran, let's get into it. One thaggy. Um, weather played a bit of a factor. We got down there Saturday. Um, it was, I guess it's sort of like the theme so far this season that if, uh, there's a drought in any region, bring MX nationals to that part of the country and it's going to rain because I mean, no exaggeration. You're from down here too. When was the last time it rained? It would have been what, like five months ago. Yeah. Well, summer's been, you know, it seems like it keeps extending on forever, but, uh, I was driving down on, uh, yeah, Sunday morning and I was just thinking, damn, not another mud race. Like it was raining pretty much the entire way down. And uh, once I got to the track, it was, you know, showering on and off. So I think we're pretty lucky that Wontaggy uh, is more of a loamy surface. And uh, by the end of the day, that track was awesome. It was a little one-line, but it was nice and rough, and it really formed up well. Yeah, for those of you that are not from Vic, didn't get a chance to go to the race, like, it rained a lot on uh, Saturday. And then, you know, by Sunday morning, geez, I mean, the drive back down the track for me, same for you, Dran, it was raining the whole time on Sunday morning, and... You know, qualifying was a little bit wet, but it, it came really good. I thought the track by the end of qualifying for all the classes is the best I've seen in a long time. And then the rains came again. Yeah, we were obviously commentating uh, Moto1 for the MX2 class. 
and I was just like saying that this track's just starting to come around, it's just starting to form up, uh, that main line was getting quite dry and, you know, starting to get a nice groove in it and then, yep, it started raining again and it, you know, got slippery and that second line where you could pass just became slop again, came became heavy and it sort of became one line. Well, it didn't form, did it? Because you think typically your normal MX Nationals uh, situation, the practice qualifiers, you get that first main line form and that's the fastest line, that's track position. Uh, and then typically once that line's formed by the first gate drops, people start looking for opportunities to pass, the other lines form up. But because the first race, especially for MX2, was basically the main sand groove that had formed was full of water, then the rest of the track was really wet outside of that groove. They couldn't move off that line to create um, any passing opportunities. It did form up a little bit with that second line towards the end of the day, but even in that last MXD moto, uh, lappers became a problem because there was that one main line uh, we had that really good battle that was starting to form between Duffy and uh, Purvis, mm. and then Lappers sort of came into play. And you know, Purvis didn't really, uh, I guess, execute the passes on the Lappers at the right time, and he just got absolutely dropped by Duffy. Yeah, he didn't read the traffic very well. I don't think those riders really helped either with the blue flags. But uh, you know, it is what it is. It was the same for Duffy. He managed to get through. But we'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah, the track, you know, basically the first motos were a complete mutter for MX2. MX1, it got a little bit better, but um, yeah, by the afternoon, you know, at the lunch break, we had like an hour of not even sun. It just warmed up. The ground temperature warmed up and the wind was really howling through the pits. And man, that track for uh, the afternoon, I'll tell you what, that was a completely different racetrack and, and it was really impressive how uh, how well the track had formed. Well, like I said, I think we we're really lucky that it, the event was at Wontaggy and it's nice and loamy, but when it rains like that, it doesn't get like a sort of muddy sort of, it just gets really heavy and it just makes the bikes just work so incredibly hard we saw a few dnfs in those you know those first couple of motos and it's yeah. never good for that but just the bikes are working so hard you're frying clutches when it's so heavy like there that. was a lot of clutches I, I talked to a lot of guys in the pits that done clutches uh we saw webster have a mechanical at one thaggy kind of like last year uh, in that first was it the first back-to-back yeah yeah so for him such a bummer like he would have been on the podium. He had the speed all day, and then just for that to happen, it's just you know, really We sucks. had uh, Jesse Dobson in that MX1 moto with the mechanical in the first one. He actually finished the race, but he was running in the top five, ended up back in 12th. Uh, he said that he had some issues with his clutch and some clutch pressure with the hydraulic system on the Husky. Um, but yeah, it, it was not a mechanical... It wet enough to have mechanicals, but it certainly was heavy enough in the sand that it was becoming a bit of a factor. Um but yeah, that racetrack, like I said, for the afternoon, it was rough. It was gnarly. I think it was a good indication of, you know, who was in shape and who's been putting in their their laps and their hard work. Well, we had a you know a lot of questions coming into the round because of the mud race that happened, uh, and you know we got a lot of those answered. But it also brought up a few new questions. Man, about I feel like there's more questions after round one than bef- sorry after round two than we had coming in because like if you take a look at MX two was a little bit more clean cut, but. MX1, I mean, Waters DNF's motor number one. Gibbsy wasn't really that involved all day with he different factors. He had a rough factors. day with crashes in you both know, motors. Metcalf gets his head down near taken off in the well, second he, he turn. He got a Yamaha to the face pretty he, he much. Had a, he had a Dunlop uh, 120 rear to the face on that second part of the first turn. Um, we'll talk about Medi's Instagram post and what he just put up a, a bit later on for the MX1 chat. Um, so Metcalf really, you know, after a fourth, I believe, in Moto1, We'll get into it in more detail, but yeah, he uh, he had a rough day. Clout had a really good day, considering. Well, <laughs> like I, 
I know we'll talk about it soon, but for him to be able to win the round and, you know, get penalised in both motos, I'm not sure that's ever happened before. That, yeah, I was thinking that. Um, and that was crazy, the in-race penalty, and, and we were race, he was racing the clock whilst racing the race. A lot going on. Uh, you had, you know, so many stories with Bopping and Caro, um, you know. Well, across both classes, uh, if you go through the results, some of the, like, the whole top ten pretty much is one bad moto, one good moto, and it's just made it so... There's someone like Wilson Todd who went out and won every moto. He had a 14-point gap onto second overall for the day. Yeah, it was so a big point. That was all. a statement day for Wilson Todd to come out and uh, show that, you know, he's got the number one plate for a reason and uh, he's going to be the man to beat this season. It's true. The ZPH boys had a good day other than that uh, first moto DNF. But, um, yeah, I think one thing, like I said, it kind of answered a lot of questions, but I have a lot more questions uh, that's going to go into round three. My, my next thing is going to be, you know, obviously, round one, app and complete, mud fest, uh, one thaggy. We get a bunch of different seasons throughout the day. We're going to Broadford. If that happens at Broadford, far out, it's going to be just what was it? I think it was 2011, the yeah, 450 class was sitting on the line. 2011, that's that like thunderstorm came through with the lightning. And Remember that they had that format that year for the four 15 minute motos pretty much back to back? Yeah. And then they scrapped it after that. But it would have been interesting to see if that, you know, that format gain some traction coming through that series <laughs> if we didn't have that much. If anyone had on. survived through all four motos, yeah. I remember I was sweeping the floors for uh, uh, the Honda team that year. I'd sort of just finished school on that, and uh, they pulled those bikes down after that weekend, and there was just absolute water through the entire moto. Well, I just remember that year, the water. I wasn't even really a part of the series then. I was just spectating, and um, the water running down the hill. But, look, fingers crossed that doesn't happen in a couple of weeks. Well, the thing is with Broadford, like... It, it has copped a lot of criticism, criticism over the years for the track, but I think the last time I raced it was 2015, and that was awesome track. Like, it formed up really nice. Uh, Broadford can be a good track, and I think they've had pro tracks out there. They've rebuilt it. I mean, we'll talk more about that on the Broadford preview show, but, um, look, the weather is really is becoming a bit of a factor with the MX National Series so far this year. Who can manage their bikes? Who can manage qualifying on a wet track? We saw that in MX2 to start the day. Like, the track was pretty heavy at one daggy and um, some of those guys were running it real hot into them turns coming to a dead stop clutching out the other side they weren't really generating a lot of momentum and you know it's it's a learning curve i think for people to say oh you know you feel like you're going fast and qualifying but you look at the times they're not managing those wet tracks well well i think for the teams you know uh round one was just the one moto format and obviously they would have done a little bit of damage to the bikes uh with the mud like that but I really think round two would have been a lot harder on the teams because you had the, the three motors in the MX2 class. Yeah, the back-to-backs, yeah, yeah. And that track was super heavy throughout the whole day and pretty much to the last last moto. And um, that type of sand, that loam, the heaviness of the surface, you know, really puts a strain on the bikes. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we had uh, Horsham a couple of years ago, Duran, in the mud, you know, we went to Murray Bridge the next round. And, I mean, I was actually running our, our race team back then. And that... That week between Horsham and Murray Bridge, we stripped out um, fork units. We had, you know, replaced water pumps. We had heads off. We were doing all sorts of maintenance work. Uh, but the moral of the story I'm getting to is that a lot of privateers came up to our team truck at um, Murray Bridge after one moto, and they'd fried a clutch. They had their um, air forks had seized up because they were full of mud on the internals. They had, you know, problems with whatever overheating because they weren't stripping their bikes down after the, the mud races and having a look inside. 
and I, I was a little bit surprised we didn't have more bikes have mechanicals at one thaggy because of how wet it was at appen and it was a quick turnaround so most privateer guys aren't going to be doing top ends after one race well we saw a lot of the bikes smoking but we only really seen you know the dnfs of sort of webster and a few others like that and then you had the ones that were you know as lucky as unlucky as they were like dobson he had to just pretty much pull over, wait till his bike cooled down, and then the clutch presser came back up. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, really hard on the bikes. Heaps of smoking bikes in, in those first couple of motors. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes at Broadford. But, all right, guys, let's get into the show. Now, we said there was a lot of big news coming in and out of Wonthaggy, and probably one of the biggest surprise moves that we've seen in the MX Nationals pits for many years is one of the old favorites returning. I don't want to call him too old because I guess he's not quite a veteran yet, but uh, Lawson Bopping got the phone call to fill in for the injured Dylan Long at uh, Empire Kawasaki, and we've got uh, Bopping on the phone right now. So, Lawson, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, hi, guys. Um, thanks for having me. No worries, mate. Got Duran Stapleton here. He'll be jumping into the convo at different times to ask you some questions. But, uh, Boppo, I guess we just got to start out. Before we even get to how it happened, you've got to be pretty happy with that first moto, mate. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real stoked with that, actually. Um, you know, I haven't raced, what, nationals for maybe three and a half years? Like, end of, when did I, that was my last national, Broadford 2016. So, oh, was, I, it, um, was it 16? I thought it was 15 you exited the series. Nah, nah, I did. Um, I raced Supercross in the States early 16, and then I started doing the Nationals. I did three rounds, and then I got sick, and then, yeah, pulled out of the Nationals, and then, um, yeah, haven't really been back. <laughs> well, I haven't actually done a motocross race until, yeah, last weekend. So, well, it was great um, to have you back in the pits. Now, um, I think the the first yeah. point of uh, the first point to get through would probably be for all the the listeners. We might have some listeners that have only came onto the scene a few years ago. Can you give everyone a rundown of, of pretty much where you've been? We saw you have that really awesome privateer campaign in AMA Supercross uh, in twenty sixteen, and you've been pretty much yep. MIA since. So, where where has Lawson Bopping been? What have you been doing? Well, um, yeah, start of sixteen. I was contracted to DPH Motorsports, so to race the Supercross, the Motocross Series and the Supercross Series. I got three rounds in uh, the Motocross Series and then ended up getting an illness. So it was kind of like glandular fever, like chronic fatigue type deal. Um, so I had to step away from the sport and I saw a bunch of doctors and no one could really give me an answer on what was going on. And I'd just been looking for an answer, seeing all these doctors and stuff. And, um, yeah, I just feel really uh, I'd be feeling okay, but as soon as I train or ride, I just nip up real quick. So, um, yeah, anyway, got onto a doctor uh last year, he put me on a course of antibiotics for eight months, um, finished that course, and then slowly just started feeling better. And then, um, yeah, I was feeling all right. And a few buddies come to my house, started riding supercross um, last year, and then I got a bike started riding with them and then yeah did uh three races as a privateer last year and then got that cdr gig for the last two supercrosses one in sydney and the one in uh, new zealand and that was great and um yeah feeling pretty decent right now like overall health wise not too bad but um in between all that i um opened up a ride park larbon mx so that keeps me busy on weekends and stuff so 
Um, you know, I haven't completely left the sport. So <laughs> if anything, I'm actually around dirt bikes more than more than ever. So like every weekend, there's bikes and stuff around me. So that's cool. We'll, so that's cool. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, your ride park in a minute because I want to get into that a little bit. As far as Later on. you know, it's cool to see you step away but stay involved in the sport and not. Um, you know, not just go to the real world completely, but let's um, mm. let's skip it now to your phone rings. The Empire guys call you up. How does that happen? Yep. So last Monday, Monday lunchtime, uh, Tyson Cherry rings me up and said, um, Dylan Long might not be racing this weekend because he injured his elbow at, at the first round of Appen in the first turn crash. And then he's like, all right, uh, would you be interested in doing that race? And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've, I haven't been, I haven't been, uh, you know, throwing down motos or anything, but I've still been riding. So I was, um, I kind of wanted to stay a little bit ready if an opportunity like this did pop up. Did you kind of and, anticipate um, that you'd be on the radar for a filling ride for people, or what were your thoughts? Yeah, there? well, I didn't actually, I didn't, I heard Longy got hurt, but I didn't actually ring them or anything. So I thought he was going to be racing, but um, yeah, I just kind of figured it would be later on in the series. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, anyway, he rang me up on the Monday. I um, And the Tuesday night, I headed down to Melbourne. Um, rode his road long he set up on the Wednesday at, um, at Clint's track. They're like the team track down there, down in Melbourne. And um, I did half a day Wednesday. And then, uh, obviously, me and Longy are a bit different. Um, stature size, and size, and stature yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah, we had to change a little couple of things with the suspension handlebars and uh, linkage and just some bolt-on parts so i went to rosebud uh thursday did maybe an hour riding out there and um with mike lamb and he was um spinning the spanners so uh very pretty rushed but everything <laughs> as rushed as it was it went pretty smooth it was pretty cool and um yeah i just uh yeah what road wednesday thursday had Friday off. Had to do a radio deal on the Friday, and um, yeah, I saw you guys did that. That was pretty cool. Was that it's one of the, the Gippsland radio stations, right? Yeah, yeah, it was down there at um, oh, I didn't know it was where like we hit, were. Gippsland Hit FM or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it was, um, so that was pretty cool. It was a couple uh, families and stuff we met up there, and some kids got to check out our bikes and whatnot. So did that, and then went down to the track Saturday, set up, and um, yeah, went racing. Racing on a Sunday, and um, so you say you've, you've yeah, had super a, rushed, but it was cool. So you've had a you know a couple of days on the Empire Kawasaki. Uh, what bike yep. have you been riding in the off season, and uh, is it how much different is it to the Empire Kawi? Yeah, well, I've actually got a Kawasaki at home, which was handy. <laughs> I got a Kawi 450, so um, although it's just a stocker, um, and it is like a lot different than Dylan Long setup. <laughs> so I went down there and I rode his bike. Um, and well, I was thinking about this today, like how much different the bike was like, yeah, it's a carry 450, but I, like on the weekend, I ran different gearing, different pipe, different clutch, different bars, uh, different like fork height, launch control height. Was um, it a lot better than yours or? <laughs> uh just different <laughs> um well, clearly, it was pretty good like it worked pretty good for you yeah it works pretty good it, um <laughs> it was awesome off the start i got two ripper starts 
<laughs> especially that first one. Like that was crazy. I like um got out of the gate and I wheelied and I chopped the gas halfway down the start strokes. I nearly flipped the thing and then got on the gas again and wheelied again and still got the whole shot. What were you so, thinking when you did get the whole shot? Were you like, did you think was, you could last the entire motor out the front there or? Uh, to be honest, not really. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just going to go as hard and as smooth as I can for as long as I can. Were a few laps like, in where you just thinking, they still haven't passed me? Yeah, I know. I was kind of lucky with, because it rained so much, the track was a little little bit one-lined, um, bit of a goat track, especially that first motor. So I was like, well, they're really going to have to force it um, if they're going to pass me. Because <laughs> you led so, for, was it like 17 minutes you led that first motor, I think? Yeah, pretty much. It was, um, yeah, definitely over half of it. So it was pretty good. I actually didn't get that tired. I was quite good until I got into the lap traffic. Well, I'm just and looking then, at the the play by the uh, speed hive uh, my laps right now. You had the fastest lap of the race at one fifty point nine. Awesome! I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I stayed clean. It was good. That so, was. Um, um, I mean, when you know, I spoke to you on Saturday, Bopo, and and I said, you know, I think the last time we saw you ride conditions like this was um, cool on 2015 when you and Townley were on the podium. You got the win that round. Um, yeah, I think that was the mid-season Coolum that year. We did two for some reason, but yeah, it was around the mid part of the year. Yeah. So close to like four years since we've seen you on MX Nationals podium. But honestly, mate, when you jumped out front in that first race, it yeah. it looked like you hadn't missed a beat. It looked like the same Bopo that won Coolum in 2015. <laughs> and and I don't know whether it's your your stature, your height, how you ride the sand, and and it's so effortless. But you know all the footage that we saw in our GTV and even some of the Instagram stuff I've seen today. Uh, that was yeah. effortless, those first few laps. And um, I don't know if that's a testament to your just your natural talent or how you ride a bike, but, man, you, were, you weren't – I mean, I guess, obviously, you couldn't use a lot of energy because you didn't have a lot of energy to use, right? <laughs> but you were really being efficient out there on the track. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess my style just looks that way. Um, it doesn't really feel like it when I'm riding. <laughs> yeah, okay. I still get tired and everything like um, like anyone else, but – I just watched a little bit of it today, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just stand a lot longer than most guys, like into the turns, so it kind of looks a little smoother, maybe. But um, yeah, like I haven't really been pounding motos, but I've, uh, you know, I still ride here and there, and um, yeah, hopefully next couple of weeks I'll keep riding. Um, yeah, that's what was my next which question. Be good. Yeah, so you've got a five ten yeah. for fifth overall. Uh, are you going to be doing any more? What's the? Do you have any info on Longy? Are you going to be sticking around with the Empire team, or is there anyone else? I will be. Did? Oh, really? I will be. So, well, I'll be doing the next round. I got confirmation about twenty minutes ago from Tyson Cherry. So, um, yeah, stoked, super stoked with that. Um, Longy might be back for the next round as well. Who knows? But um, I have a feeling after uh, I had a quick chat with Tyson Cherry um, for the listeners, that's the team manager of the Empire Kawasaki squad. And I had a quick chat with him when he was leaving the track and we bumped into each other. And, and I was like, how about Boppo? It's a, a pretty good deal for you guys. And um, I mean, Cherry doesn't seem to get too excited about much, but uh, he was pretty stoked. And, and I said, you know, you guys going to put him on for the rest of the season or what? And, and he said, oh, we'll see. But he gave me a little grin. Like, I think we might be seeing you around a little bit more than... Um, I don't know, hopefully more than just the next round. I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I, yeah, I know yeah. that the listeners and, and the fans of the series and, and you know, even even uh, myself and, and Duran, like, it would be awesome to see you do the rest of the year. And it's a cool story, man, because you were 
not uh, forgotten about is the wrong word, but everyone knew you took a step back and you keep it pretty quiet on the social media. You're not out there doing selfies every day and telling people what you're doing. So for you to come yeah. back in a, you know, in a blaze of glory, it was, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was very cool. So, um, do you, if you have the opportunity, would you want to do the whole series? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. If I'm, um, you know, obviously I'm kind of going to be racing myself back into shape. Um, we'll see how we go at the next round, and then we're going to go from there. So, um, had you a little uh, bit behind the eight ball or whatnot, but um, you know, get some more good starts, and um, yeah, I'll. Maybe get a practice bike and whatnot, and then do some more motos at home and get get back into race shape, and I'll be um, yeah, I'll be all good. So definitely wanted to race Supercross at the end of the year as well. Yeah, so, that was um, my next question. Was, did did you have plans to you know privateer at Supercross, or were you shopping out a team ride, or what? What was your plans there? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, I would privateer it if I had to. Um, but yeah, I'll be asking around for Supercross, a Supercross gig for sure. Um, totally committed to that. Um, it's a bit easier to do than the motocross series, um, as a privateer, if you're going to do it that way, um, you know, you can almost do it with one bike where motocross, you know, it's hard on, hard on the bikes, hard on everything. So, uh, I can't really afford to race the MX nationals as a privateer. So, um, see so yeah, how we go. I don't know. It's kind of week by week type deal at the moment. Um, but yeah, just. Yeah, like I was saying, I was chatting to Tyson today, and we're we're gonna go go ahead with Broadford and um, go from there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so go from there. Switch things up. So you mentioned earlier you got your um, you obviously when you had your downtime a few years back when you stepped away, you ended up opening up a practice training uh, facility. Is it Larbert? Is that how you say it? Larbert MX. Yeah, Larbert. Larbert um, MX. Yep. Which is located uh, you're near Canberra. Is that right? Yeah, it's a town called Braidwood. That's where I live, and um, yeah, it's just outside of Braidwood. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it's cool. Us, uh... it's, it's quite sandy as well. So you know, I don't. I've ridden quite a, a bit of sand over the years, so maybe that's why I went quite well in the first race as well. So how was um, that transition going from full time racer to being the guy that everyone says the track's too wet, it's too dry, it's too bumpy, it's too <laughs> smooth? Like how how was your transition into sort of managing a, a, a practice track? Yeah, it went, went okay. Um, pretty good. Um, you know, I don't mind working on tracks. You know, I've had a Bobcat for like uh, over 10 years. I bought a Bobcat when I was maybe 19 or 20, and I don't mind, you know, building Supercross tracks and all that sort of stuff. So so those Supercross tracks you know, that all the boys used to go ride back in the day, is that where Larbert is now, or is that just a different... No, place? that's... Uh, no, well, my dad's got property, and um, that's where I've got my tracks. So I've always... Yeah, I've just always kind of enjoyed, you know, building tracks and pushing dirt and stuff. So if I wasn't, you know, wasn't racing bikes or around bikes, I'd probably be in the earth moving type deal. Or, um, you know, a lot of my buddies do that sort of sort of thing for work. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's a good thing, you know. We need more tracks to ride on. So how's the ride? Um, you got a good scene out there? Are the numbers good? Or you were saying a lot of the guys end up coming down from uh, from Sydney and the surrounding areas there in New South? Yeah, yeah, it's decent. Um, it's not, it's going pretty well. Um, yeah, you like you know Sydney's, you know they got Appen, they got Kembla, but um, they're both clay tracks, so and our tracks quite sandy, so um, 
you know, if it's raining or something that on the weekends up there, tracks closed. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot of rain to make those tracks close. So, um, yeah, lava can handle a fair bit of rain, so that's always handy. And um, here's your uh, here's your chance to plug it, Lawson. Um, where can people contact you? Where can they find out about the track? Uh, when's your opening times? Let's uh, get that out there for you. Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's open every weekend from eight till three. Um, we've got a Facebook page, Larbert MX, and the Instagram is Larbert MX uh, yeah, as well. So um, open most Thursdays. Um, I always put a post up, you know, early in the week to say what, what days we're going to be open. But, um, yeah, if you like those pages, it will keep you updated. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. If you want to uh, get out to Bopo's track there, Get on Larbert MX Facebook and Instagram. Check it out. And um, I was talking to you on Saturday, Bob. I want to get out there at some point, maybe bring out some of the guys that uh, that I coach and do a little bit. So um, it'll be cool to check it out, mate. But we're going to have to run because we've got a big show to get through tonight. But um, just wanted to say it was awesome to have you back at uh, Wonthaggy for the MX Nationals. We're really glad that you're going to be in for Broadford. Uh, congratulations yep. on the killer start and that awesome first motor, mate. I think you made a lot of people happy and... Um, yeah, good job, man. We will catch you at Broadford. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It was um had a great weekend. So, I'll, yeah, I'll see you at Broadford. All right, catch you, buddy. Thank you. All right, see ya. All right, guys. Lawson Bopping, newly uh, Empire Kawasaki fill-in, maybe progressing to ride. What do you think, Duran? What's going to happen there? Uh, it'd be def- definitely cool if he, uh, you know, stuck around and did the remaining eight rounds of the series. Uh, he's definitely got talent. He's just one of those riders, you know, uh, whenever you went to a supercross race and there was a big jump or a big quad or something like that, everyone would just wait for Boppo to do it. Man, I still remember jumping that extension at Conondale in 2012 before anybody. I think him and Townley were the only ones to do it, but Boppo, he got that thing first. Wasn't he just doing it every, like, just consistently where everyone else, you know, couldn't, but... Uh, he's got so much talent. Like like I said, watching him ride on, on Sunday, he has not missed a beat being away for that long. Well, it kind of makes everyone look bad, but uh, he has a lot of talent and it's not surprising. As cool as it was to see him get the whole shot and lead for you know nearly 20 minutes, it's not surprising. He's been around forever and he's you know probably it's, one of the most talented riders in Australia we, that we've ever had. It's a double-edged sword. It's definitely not surprising and I wouldn't think many people other than Boppo, maybe Dan Reardon when he came back a few years ago did it. Um, but not many people could pull that off, and it does make everybody else look bad when a guy comes off the couch and working his track to uh, to really put the hurt on everybody in that first moto. But um, speaking of MX1, Duran, let's get into the MX1 results. Now, like we said, there was a real mixed bag, and, and given the rundown on MX1, um, I don't even know where to start. I guess the, the place to start, Luke Clout goes out. He um, gets a time penalty in both motos and ends up with a um, 2-2 moto scores and gets the overall somehow. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was 10 seconds in the first moto and 20 in the second. It, so yeah, yeah. to win the overall and have a 30-second penalty for the day uh, is pretty impressive. And there was a few questions coming in whether, you know, he's on a Yamaha now again. Uh, he was on the KDM team last year, and uh, that's the premier team, so he's expected to do a lot this year. And I think he just showed us on the weekend that he's going to be, you know, really a good, like a championship contender. He's taking that next step. And, you know, if he has, you know, the consistent speed, uh, well, consistent results that he hasn't had in the past, you know, he'll be, you know, 
really contending for this title. I think you're right. He definitely showed some maturity on the weekend and manages those races. But I think my only concern with Cloudy is the fact that he seems to have these time penalties happen a lot. I think he'd be the most penalised rider in history in Australian motocross. I, I agree. Like It happens all the time. And I don't feel like it's... It's one of those deals, right, where, you know, because the officials know they're obviously doing it for a reason. Like, they don't just make it up. But I feel like now he's done it so much that they would be watching him like a hawk. That, that's what I was about to say. Like, now he's got this, the reputation of being that guy. Uh, so, to give everyone a rundown, I, I don't actually know what the penalty was for the second moto, but it was 20 seconds. Uh, the first moto was 10 seconds. And if you go back on NRG TV and watch the races on demand, the first MX1 moto, Cloudy chooses the very outside gate. Um, we'll get to that first turn in a minute because that's why he was on the outside gate to try and survive that um, gnarly first turn. But he basically, the rider next to him gets squirrely and instead of shutting it down and staying uh, within confines of the track, Cloudy shifts another gear, he's out on the grass, he uses it to his advantage because he basically comes out with the whole shot on the first part of that first turn. All well and good, but he's such a racer. I think it works against him in the sense that sometimes you've got to shut it down and know that the officials are watching you, but he doesn't ever seem to do that. And I'm not saying it's a detriment to him as a like as a person. Like he wants to win, but you know what, man? When we get down around eight, around nine, and he's still getting time penalties, that might be the difference between him winning a championship and not getting it done. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things. He's obviously a championship guy, and when you're racing someone like Kirk Gibbs or Medi or someone like that, they're not usually getting time penalties. So no, very rare. It could, uh, you know come back and affect him at some stage. It obviously didn't really this weekend uh, because he got the overall, but sitting in the championship, he did that have that eighth at round one. So those few extra points that he would have got, like he did win that first moto, got penalised and got, you know, a second, but those three points could come in handy. They could at the make end a difference. End. And I guess that's what we got to talk about. So technically, moto one, Clout wins the moto. He crossed the finish line first. Last lap pass. Yeah. Awesome battle. Gets with the job done with uh, um, Oki Kara. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But Cloudy, you know, gets the job done. But because of the penalty, Caro is actually credited with the win. Um, so, okay, first of all, there he's on the back foot. Second moto, he's out. Uh, Waters just checks out right away. He's on another level in that second moto to, to most of the guys. Um, Clout is is in the race. He's racing the guys on the track. And then he gets that 20-second penalty, and he's racing the clock as well and he went from being second on the racetrack to being fourth or fifth on the live timing because of that 20 seconds and you and I dream we were watching every lap not only is he trying to maintain track position but he's trying to find time to repass Mel Ross and those guys on the timing loop it was pretty crazy well the thing was so like you said Todd did get out to the lead he was riding really well in that second moto but um Maros and Cloud actually caught him and then uh, I'm not sure if something happened Todd he made a mistake or that but uh, then Maros, I really tipped Maros to get that win in that moto. He was coming like a freight train, riding really well, and then he had that massive crash. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a big one. But um, like we saw, Cloudy had caught Todd. So you know, if he hadn't, like we were wondering, commentating, if they on the pit board they had told him that he had the penalty because he kind of you know got the wind taken out of his sails. Well, that and that's why you know it was a strange dynamic of that race because they did catch uh, Wilson Todd there. Uh, that always gets me because we, I'm just going to explain everyone real quick. We've got Wilson Todd, Jay, um, Wilson. Jay Wilson, and Todd Waters. And then you throw in the fact that Wilson Todd and Todd Waters are on the same 
Team. Team. Yeah, ride the same color bike, same gear. So um, before everyone listening thinks that I'm just completely crazy if you're messing that up, it's not as crazy as you think. Anyway, so Todd Waters <laughs> is out front. Those guys catch him. It was about the time they caught him uh, once, obviously, Melrose went down, but it changed the whole dynamic of the race because Waters started to check out again. And then Cloudy, like you said, the wind was kind of taken out of his sails. It was like he wasn't really able to mount a charge on on Todd Waters, and he was... I don't know. Do you think CDI gave him that on the pit board to say, I, hey, I, penalty? I don't think so, because when they stopped, uh, you know, that we could still still see them on the screen, and um, Cloudy sort of threw his hands up in the air. I think, you know, Dacker and uh, Brad were telling him that, yeah, you still got the win, but you did get well, a penalty. Another penalty. Yeah, he was pretty animated when we had the camera on him for the, for the broadcast. But, yeah, it's just, you know, lucky... Well, not lucky, but he did get the win still... Uh, it didn't affect him too much, um, and you know, hopefully, we don't see uh, any more penalties for him for the rest of the year. But the other thing I wanted to talk about with you was so Waters checked out in the end in that second moto. I uh, rode really well. He actually got the super pole in the morning. He did. That was an impressive lap too. So when you think about the fact that he got the super pole, he won the second moto. If he hadn't had that first turn crash where his bike got damaged, uh, could have been you know a one-one day for in both classes for the DBH Husqvarna guys. It was funny. I was talking to the ZPH guys and um, they listened to the show, uh, uh, Boyd Hocking, Dale Hocking and, and Jared Pine and we were all talking in the tent on Saturday and, and you know, last show I pretty much called them like a refugee island for everyone that didn't go to MXGP or AMA. They, they ended up there and um, they said, yeah, but you know what? We're, <laughs> we're a pretty good refugee place to land because they have a, some solid results already and, as a team, I think they're going to be probably the most dominant team all season because if, like you said, Todd Waters had that issue, he crashed in the first turn motor one for everyone that wasn't aware and got ran by another bike, destroyed his subframe, bike wouldn't run, it was done. Um, moto two, that was his moto. He pretty much managed it well and, and I think we would have seen something similar at the start of the day, like you said. So, yeah, I mean, Wilson Todd will talk about MX2, but he killed it, won everything. Um, DPH are looking really good. Well, yeah, like, they've obviously done their homework in the off-season, and uh, it's the second, obviously, that team's been around, you know, for a while now, but it is the second year that they're on Husqvarna machinery, and uh, obviously, such a good base to start with, the Huskies, but, uh, yeah, they've obviously done their homework, bikes are really good, and, you know, they've got some of the two best riders in the class, even though they sort of, I wouldn't say lucked out in getting those riders, they were sort of stuck without rides at the end of the day. And, um, you know, formed such a good team, even with Malkowitz, under-19s champ, thought he was going to Europe and uh, didn't end up doing that. And just, you know, walked into a really good ride on that uh, Husky team. No, it's a great dynamic over there. Those guys do a good job. And it, it shows on the track, man. They've got a good program. Everyone's happy over there. And, and uh, yeah, it's definitely something that's working for him. So let's take a look at the overalls right now. So Luke Clare, like we said, he goes um, 2-2. Technically won the first motor, but with the penalty, he doesn't. So he gets the overall. He's on 64 points. Uh, Melros ends up second. Now, Melros, man, he got lucky in that second motor. That crash, he went around that long right-hand sweeper, and it looked like he just tucked the front end on the edge of that rut. But, I mean, technically the 450s aren't charging through there. They're just lugging. But they're still, they're still lugging third, fourth gear with a decent amount of momentum. And that bike spat him up in the air and... Um, I mean, Duran, you've had a lot of shoulder injuries. You understand, like, he landed I'd flat on his... I'd still be laying there. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave, leave you there. Um, he landed flat on his back. He went about five five foot above the bike, I reckon, 
landed flat on his back and his shoulders were both sort of like hyperextended behind him. And I think the only saving grace was he landed more on his head than on one of his shoulders because that, that would have been ugly. If it's that, always good when your head breaks, you fall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I was immediately when we saw that on the uh, NRG TV, I thought, damn, he's, you know, done a shoulder or something like that yeah. because it was such a big impact. But, you know, he got up, it took him a couple laps to sort of regroup, and that bike was definitely bad. I think it knocked the wind out of him, too, man. Like, but that can be like a championship ride. If he's gotten up, he's uh, got solid points still, and, you know, he, he's got the red plate now. So, and let's talk about that real quick. Mel Ross, I said it on the NRG TV broadcast a bunch of times, like, Maybe me being ignorant a little bit, you know, he did the AMA Outdoors last year, I believe, before he got injured. He had a fill-in ride for the Rock River Cycle Trade Yamaha team, I believe. Didn't really set the world on fire. Uh, had some okay results, but that 250 class in America, maybe it's not the best indication of a rider's ability to ride outdoors because we all really thought, oh, sorry, I really thought, you know, watching his good results in Supercross compared to outdoors, like, Okay, he's going to ride for Raceline for MX Nationals. They're obviously thinking KDM are going to put him on as their main guy for Supercross in Australia. Uh, boy, was I wrong. He, he'd come out and, you know, two rounds in, he's got the red plate. He's factored in every single race win so far, give or take. And uh, Melros is the real deal in 2019. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say that bike he was on in the cycle trader, guys, is a bad bike, but that 250 class over there, you know, the bike is so important. And if you think about it, uh, a couple of years back, he went out on a private Yamaha, I think it was, in the 450 class. And he, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he got some top 10 results. I know he went pretty good at Unadilla. So, um, what year was that? I'm trying to remember. That would have to be 16. 15 or 16? Yeah, yeah. so uh, he can definitely ride. And I didn't really take you know too much from those uh, results in the 250 class over there last year. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it is a little bit surprising because he hasn't done you know really that much in Australian motocross. Uh, we're getting that seventh overall in the series in 14. Um, but, yeah, I, I sort of wasn't expecting him to be this good and have the red plate after round two, but it can't be that surprising, especially with the fact that, you know, he's on a good team, that bike is really good, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how long he can hold this red plate for. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll get to, uh, we've got Erky Caro coming on the show now. Caro, we're going to let him tell his own story, but he's new to the series. He's from Europe. He's a bit of an MXGP European international regular and uh, Cara goes out and gets third overall. That was massive. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. But uh, Kurt Gibbs somehow gets fourth overall. It's just one of those things with the crazy results. Uh, he what? He got an eighth and a seventh, and for fourth overall, that's yeah. I mean, that's pretty lucky. But look, if you look at the points, like forty-seven to sixty-four, like really, you know, fourteen, fifteen points down of the overall. It's after a third in the first round. Gibbs is, excuse me, still alive in this championship. Well, I think it's going to be one of those rounds that he's not going to have many of them, but it's probably going to be one of his worst. Uh, and I know in that first moto, him and Rod Bell actually got together and they both went down. Yeah. So uh, we were watching... That's know, where Rod Bell had the yeah, white cross was, flag, right? Yeah, and he was having a little snooze on the track by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, and I actually spoke to him after that and he was he was fine. Uh, which oh, so was, they're, they're talking to you now, those KSF guys? Yeah, they were quite nice, actually. <laughs> so, but no, nah, so uh, Gibbsy, yeah... Crashed both motors. We seen in that first turn in that second race uh, went down uh, when he hit Rich, Richie Evans. So yeah, that was brutal. And um, you know, I guess for Gibbsy, that's a, that's a trying day. I don't feel like Gibbsy didn't look on fire at the start of the day, but he made Raceline Super Bowl. He looked strong. He didn't look any different to the Kurt Gibbs we've seen uh, in recent years, as far as like 
what you see is what you get with Gibbsy. He's not very animated on the track, but he's just solid as far as lap times. Well, I think it just goes to show you how start important the starts are. But for him to be, you know, have crashes in both motos, and by the sounds of it, the crash with Roadwell wasn't small. And, you know, to get collected in the first turn and, you know, have bikes everywhere, for him to get eighth and seventh in the motos for fourth overall uh, is, you know, if that's his bad day, it's not too bad. Yeah, and you win your championship on your bad days, right? So Kirk Gibbs, uh, he soldiered through. Definitely, I think he's going to be wanting more, and so is Craig Dack. But uh, as far as the CDR team, you know, they salvaged some points. And I guess that leads us on to our next point. Let's talk about that first turn, Duran, because the start of the day, obviously – the track copped a lot of rain. Um, but the start straight in the first turn at Wonthaggy is probably the most hard-packed part of the circuit. And while the sand took the water well, the start straight in the first turn did not. Well, the water didn't seem to run off it at all. It just looked out like absolute soup. And uh, when you got 40 bikes coming into there... Man, I, I was... We were in, obviously, you, know, you and I doing the TV show. I, we have the TV screen in front of us. I was holding my breath watching those guys come into that first turn because you could see... There was a lot of Hail Marys going on where they were like, okay, I'm ascended in here. If I get a whole shot or a top three out of this turn, good. If someone splashes my goggles and I can't see, which happened near every moto, that was it. It was just a chain reaction and people were going down. And they that's a fourth, fifth gear start straight first turn. Like They weren't going down small. Well, I think with the conditions just made it that little bit worse. Everyone was a little bit desperate <laughs> going for the whole shot. And we saw, you know, Cloud obviously had that penalty in the uh, Moto 1 because of it. But Tanny also started out there in the 250 class. And uh, he, I'm pretty sure he pulled the whole shot. I was up there at the start. Yeah, and that's a bit of a local gate. Like, it's, I think Monthag is probably the only track on the MX Nationals we'll see where you can go to gate 40 and pull a pretty strong whole shot. Um, well, usually... When there's not, you know, a bunch of uh, sloppy mud on there, that's probably the best first turn of the year. Mm, it's great. It's it's safe. It's wide open. It's kind of fun when you race there. You know, you can go in hot and uh, you don't have too much danger. But man, that um that first turn it played a big factor all day long. Well, yeah, affected the championship. Obviously, we've had Metcalf have a DNF. His arms all, you know, got a tire mark on it. All right, so let's talk about that. So. Kurt Gibbs um, gets together with Richie Evans. Richie Evans goes down in the second part of the first turn. This is moto number two. Now, Meddy's had a fourth in moto one. And the other thing was Richie Evans, we had a few question, mark, question marks with him coming into the season. He actually got a sixth in moto one. It was a quiet six because... Yeah, we um, did not see him. Unless you'd, have brought, unless you'd have brought that up, we didn't see him on the, the broadcast yeah. at all. But hats off to Evans. That was solid. Um, Donnell, did you see Evans on the, on the show? <laughs> I forgot to introduce uh, Donnell. Uh, he is our producer for NRG TV, and he also does the producing here for the Inside Dirt Show. So um, we got to get you a mic sooner, Donnell, so you can defend yourself. But um, thanks for not putting Evans on the show, mate, in Moto 1. That was really good. Um, Evans, so yeah, solid ride in Moto 1. Definitely more what we would hope to expect from Evans. Moto 2, he just innocently washes the front end going into the second part of that first turn. Gibbs anchors up, hits him. It sends it into an endo, right? Um, for you guys that haven't watched the show yet, and Metcalf is just coming like a freight train and gives his bike pretty much damn near takes his head off. And um, if you go on Brett Metcalf's Instagram, the result is a really mangled arm where he took some skin off of his forearm. It's obviously a big impact. Metcalf DNFs Moto2. Well, that's why we had, you know, that such the mixed results for the overalls, like with Gibbsy getting fourth overall with you know, two so-so results in the tail end of the top 10. That was because our fourth and sixth in the first moto got a DNF. So, uh, you know, it's disappointing when you get, you know, top 10 guys like that go out in a first turn crash. 
but hopefully we don't really have any more of them throughout the year because it's never nice to see, you know, bikes going everywhere and, no, and in those situations you, you can get run over so easy and hopefully Metcalf gets checked out and that hand of his is okay. From what I saw on Instagram, it didn't say there was any major injuries. It just looked like his arm was pretty sore. I, you know, I think he'll... Because my main concern was someone hit him from behind when the cameras were off and, and hurt his back again. But I don't think that happened. So I don't want to speak for Metcalf, but from what I saw on Instagram, I think he'll be back for Broadford. We've got to run this along real quick, but um, take a look at... Outside of uh, Gibbsy, Boppo ended up fifth. So that was a solid day for Lawson Bopping coming back to racing at the MX Nationals. How's Creechy? Charlie yeah, Creech. Bring out, he got ninth in both motos. So 9-9 nine, nine got him a six overall. So the, it's crazy, but uh, that's one to put on his resume. That's for sure. Uh, Creech would, killed it. I mean, we actually, no disrespect to him. Uh, we were watching the... Uh, you know the NRG TV, and I haven't been around for you know a couple of years of that at the races, but he was killing it. We weren't sure he was actually in that position, but he went once we watched him for a lap or two. Yeah, he, he was, was doing it easy. He was killing it. I mean, he's from WA. Um, he can ride the sand, obviously, but normally he's like a, no disrespect, he's like a fifteenth place ish guy around that ten to twenty spot. Definitely didn't expect to see him. It wasn't the fact he went nine nine. It was the fact that he was running way inside close to the top five for a decent part of those motos. And, um, yeah, Creechy, hats off to him. Now, Zach Small, that was a really quiet um, – you know, Small's been solid, man. That's a seventh overall um, for Zach Small. So eighth overall was Rikers, and uh, I want to talk about him for a bit because he was running up front in that first moto. Yeah, he ran Some really well. Because yeah. he was 14th in that, so – must have had a crash. I think he went down off camera. I didn't get a chance to talk to him between motos, but something obviously happened. But he ran fifth right behind his teammate in uh, the second moto. And, you know, for Suzuki to, uh, you know, no offense, but I wouldn't call them one of the, you know, top manufacturers in Australian motocross. No. Nah. But um, we've talked about that lately. That KSF team that Rikers is under with the help of, of uh, Bernard Suzuki, like, good, good program. Great people, but it's not a factory team. Well, I actually spoke to them uh, at the end of the day, and they uh, let me know that those bikes are you're pretty much standard. They've just got an ignition and a pipe, and uh, they're still right racing their practice bikes. So, um, pretty pretty good job for them to be you know running fourth and fifth in uh, yeah in the second motor. It was good good to see Rikers back up front. He looked good. It's the best I've seen Rikers at the races for a long time. I mean, when you see him out training during the week range, Rikers got speed. He's very efficient on the bike. I really like his riding style. Uh, he just hasn't been able to bring it to the races, and and good to see him running up front at uh, MX One with Daggy. Now, take a look at the rest of the top ten real quick. Uh, Dobson, man, he was impressive too. Made Super Bowl um, well, as the second time. I know we didn't run it at Appen, but he would he would have been. But yeah, he's definitely got speed. I don't think that's you know a surprise. I but mean, had a small mechanical in the first moto, but man, Dobson, uh, if he can get some more support, get additional help at the races with additional bikes and parts, get his program, you know, he's really going to start to turn some heads. And it's cool to see because I think he's sort of been forgotten about by the factory teams, um, but he's got speed. Well, all he needs is a solid year and he'll be back on a team, you know, probably by Supercross if he, if he keeps yeah, getting He's a good Supercross on. rider too. Um, right, uh, we've got um, Rod Bell. He went down with Gibbsy in that first moto. He ended up 10th overall. Uh, he had some solid starts and some solid showing. Um, Rob Bell riding good. But well, the uh, one thing uh, I think for him is going to be watching on NRG. He his bike uh, doesn't handle very good, so he needs to. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I he's think he's only going to get better. They got to work on their setup. More, yeah, once yeah. he gets some more time on the bike and get some more testing done, 
uh, he can only get better. The other person I wanted to talk to you about, and I know we're running out of time before we get uh, Erky on, is uh, Caleb Ward. What yeah. the hell is going on there? Look, I talked to Caleb yesterday, um, no, sorry, on Saturday, and, and he said that that injury is really bothering him from the preseason. I feel like if you get going out and getting 20th and 17th in motos, maybe, you know, go back, get some more time on the bike and, and recover. Hopefully those moto scores were just from crashes or something like that. Yeah, I know he had a crash in the first moto. I read his Instagram race report he put up. But, uh, you know, talking to him in the pits, I just feel, you know, Wardy's had a rough couple of years and, and he's not really catching a break to rebuild. And and I said to him on Saturday, I'm like, mate, it's it's disappointing as in I, I'm a big Caleb Ward fan. I've been a fan of Caleb Ward since 2012 junior Aussies at Coolum when I watched him just destroy everybody. Uh, in the sand, and and his riding style is just—it's so good. He's well, we so come into efficient. Montaggy. He's one of the dudes we were talking about. Yeah, like always good in the sand, and for him to come out and get those results, it's you've got to be bumming him. Out. But straight up, like I don't think that injury is. Uh, people understand how bad it is, as far as you know. He, I think he broke a bone in his hand or his thumb or something. Um, but yeah, it, he said it really. It bothers him as far as when the track gets rough, and he said the bigger the bumps, the more of a problem it is. Like I think he's struggling with his grip. So Wardy's going to race himself back into shape. Definitely not what he's capable of, but yet yeah, expected more from Caleb Ward, and I hope he gets it figured out. Brett Metcalf again with that DNF seventeenth. Richie Evans nineteenth after that first turn crash in the second race. Obviously, really struggled to get going. So we didn't see this, but uh, Cody Dice got a DNF. Yeah, Dicey uh, Moto Two, right? Went down. Mm. Oh, okay. Was it? I, I think I might be completely wrong there. Um, but you know, Dice twenty fifth. Um, you know, that's really going to bring an end to the notable mentions as far as the overall. Um, but like we said, there are a lot of stories, Duran, at Wonthaggy for round two of the uh, MX Nationals, and the stories really didn't get any bigger than this guy coming over that we have got on the line right now. Um, his name is Erky Caro. He comes from Estonia, of all places. Erky, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Erky. Um, we're just going to get right to it, man. Um, who is Erky Caro, and how did you find yourself on the start line for round two at Wonthaggy? Well, I'm from Estonia, and um, uh, how it all came about is that I went to America uh, in 2018, I was training in California and I met uh, Frank, my friends, Frank Cambria and uh, Sean Brunton. And we were at the same place staying there. And um, uh, I did not even ride back then because I had a fracture in my arm. And then they didn't even see me riding back then. But they saw like I did some other stuff, like I went running every day and did some gym work and all that stuff. And then we ended up keeping in contact. And, and then this year when I, when I had some struggles in, back in Europe, uh, I called them and, and we got in contact again. And... And yeah, we worked it out and I found myself on the start line there. All right. So, um, like you said, you're from Estonia. So before we talk about the race this weekend, um, you know, what's your deal in Europe? You know, I know you've done some MXGPs, you, you've raced your d domestic championship in Estonia and some of the European stuff. So, um, what does your program look like back home? Well, it's a full privateer effort. Um, I got some support from Estonian KTM and then, I've done a handful of MXGPs in Estonian Championship. And yeah, nothing really special, just a full privateer program. All right. So uh, let's fast forward to uh, moto number one. And um, you find yourself out front all the way 
through that first moto at Wonthaggy, um, you get you know great start, great track position early. Are you just out there going, wow, I'm, I'm leading this race, or was this something you thought you'd be able to pull off coming over here? Well, I didn't have any expectations because um, uh, I didn't know. Like uh, I came in with an open mind and I didn't know what to expect. I just knew I had put some good work in over the winter in Europe and, and uh, actually a pretty good start and, and just paced myself at first, like uh, kind of wanted to see what the pace was because in the qualifying I felt pretty good, but I ended up getting 10th because I didn't get a clean lap in. But um, yeah, in the first race, just paced myself at first. And then once I felt like, I think in the middle of the motor or around there, I just... Uh, kept pushing a little harder and uh, I could kind of catch, see catching uh, popping. And once I, uh, I got to him, I think he was a bit tired. At least it looked like it. And then I ended up putting a pretty easy pass on him and then uh, did a few good, really good sprint laps after that. And, and I was kind of in a moment, really. I didn't think too much. Of course, I didn't want, I didn't want to like mess it up, but it was just like being in the moment and that, that felt pretty good. For the listeners out there, could you just explain your uh, program over here? What's your bike like and uh, who's supporting you? Yeah, well, my bike is, my friend just got the bike uh, off of the shop and, and I brought over a rear shock and that's about it. We got like a good group of friends over here in Geelong and, and we just put the little program together in a sprinter van, came to the race and, and that was it. Man, that's so cool. Like, I came over and uh, introduced myself on Saturday, Erky. We had a quick chat, and and whilst we were talking, I was kind of looking at your bike, and and you're not joking. Like that thing has got a stock ignition, it's got a stock exhaust system. Man, you got stock bars, stock clamps, stock grips. Like that is the the coolest story I've seen in a long time. Is is you know, there's privateers out there, but they're getting free bikes, and they you know they got good parts, they got a kit suspension. Um, man, you're, you're literally riding a stock bike and you nearly won the first moto and you got on the podium overall. Um, that, that's an impressive story, mate. Hats off to you. Thanks. Yeah, it, it is like, uh, I think KTM is a good bike, like off the shop, but obviously like in the second moto with the, with the stock front fork and everything, yeah, when the track got really fast and choppy, I think I struggled a little bit, uh, Overall, the KTM is pretty good and just I've been used to riding it the way it was, even in the, at Fontaggi, and I felt pretty good. Are you going to stick around? How many rounds are you actually going to do? Well, we're doing for sure now. I know that we do the Bradford one, but we'll see what happens after that. You know, uh, it would be nice to do something different. I've been like, I feel like in Europe, I've been kind of the, in the MXGPs and in the preseason races, I've been like the guy looking from the outside in and and just being like the first privateer in most races like in italian championship this year i was a couple of times first privateer and and i would be ready to do something different like if i could find a ride here or or just get some more support from our small project going on it'd be nice but it's been like a really good time over here i've been getting a warm welcome like even yourself uh, coming over to me even even before you saw me riding or you know how the motocross thing works once you do good everyone comes up and meets you but even like before i did spin a lap at Montagi, people came up to meet me and and it was pretty cool i liked the warm welcome after getting a third overall uh have you actually got any calls uh, on monday uh not yet <laughs> it's been a, it's been quite a day so far 
Yeah, um, yeah, it's still blowing me away a little bit, Erky. Like, obviously, we we work pretty in, uh, closely with the series, with the with the NRG TV show, and and the podcast. And and I knew you were coming over, and I did a bit of research. You know, I um, you know, I coach a lot of riders, and I saw you over here uh, at the end of last year. You were out riding at Ride Park, uh, Victoria, a lot out there on the west side of Melbourne near Geelong, and um, I didn't really know who you were, but I was watching you as I was coaching my guys, and and I. I kn- I sort of saw something there where I was like, man, this kid's got some speed. I didn't know much about you. I was trying to read your name on the back of your crazy European riding gear. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously you came over, you did some, some off season stuff, had a ride and, and then, and then came back. And I checked out your Instagram after the race on the weekend, you, you did some preseason stuff in Europe, like you said, but, um, obviously the MHGP scenes, it's pretty gnarly nowadays, a lot of fast riders. So, uh, are you open to the idea of staying here for the full season if you can get some more support or, or where do you want to go from here? Yeah, for sure. Like if we get some more support and and like I said, uh, I'm ready to do something different. You know, MXGP is a top class and if you're full privateer there as well, it's it's tough to like, you know, there's a certain level where you can get to. But like, you know, I've been, I've been getting like 18s and 19s and 17s, but like I feel like from there on, you need some more like uh, better parts and stuff like that. So yeah. So how, uh, yeah. how old are you now, Erky? What what age are you? Twenty five. Okay, so you're too old for MX two. That that becomes a bit of a problem, eh? Yep. Oh, um, I definitely think. Uh, so you you got no bonuses from KTM over here? That did the, the KTM factory even know you could get on the podium? Like you obviously didn't get paid for that podium on the weekend. <laughs> no no uh, i don't think anyone really know that i was coming like i think it was just like a week or two before that i got signed up at, for the race and, and i don't think anyone really knew that i was uh, coming there yeah so speaking of not anyone knowing you did you know any of our aussie riders or were you just act, uh, out there uh, battling with people that you had no clue who they were well for sure i did some research before and i i looked some results from the last year's mxgps and i saw that the um, uh, Todd Waters was racing at some of the races that I did and, and we were pretty close finishing like he was in front of me some of the motors and I was in front of him in some of the motors and then I saw that he won the first one but it was kind of a motor you know and and, and I didn't really know like you always you can never tell with the mod races you know about the speed and so I really didn't know what to expect. Yeah um there's one thing I will say, Erky, as far as, uh, you know, I walked the track a little bit at lunchtime and I walked the track after uh, the day finished. Well, the way that sand formed up, I think um, I would say that's probably one of the most European style racetracks I've seen in a while as far as how the sand formed up with the straight line ruts and it being rutty and sandy. You know, probably correct me if I'm wrong, but um, probably something pretty similar to you used to riding in Europe a little bit. Would you agree? Yeah, especially in the first mod, I think it was more like it because a little bit uh, slower pace, like with the, with it being uh, more wet in the first one and more muddy. So, but in the second one, it tried out pretty good. And but yeah, I think as far as the other tracks that I've seen over here, it was one of the more European style tracks that I've seen over here. So uh, you've been over here for a little little few weeks now, Erky. What do you think of Australia so far? Yeah, it's been cool. I like the weather. Uh, it's just pretty obvious from where I come from. It's pretty cold, so. And like oh. I said before, uh, people have been nice to me, like warm welcome, and I've been enjoying it really, really have been. Aussies are pretty friendly. Maybe they <laughs> yeah, won't be they so are. friendly now you start beating them, but uh, everyone's pretty friendly. 
Yeah, it was cool at the at the race too. Like after the finish, guys like the other competitors come to shake hands and and, then, and it, yeah, it's enjoyable. Now you look very. I mean, we could hear your support crew after the podium on the first moto. Those guys were. Uh, I think they were making more noise than the rest of the fans there combined. You got a good group there, mate. And um, no, it's good to see you over here, Oki. So look, we're going to have to wrap this up soon, mate. We've got a few more guests to get on this show before we finish up. So I guess, um, yeah, to finish up, I know we sort of asked you this already, but um, what's your plans for the rest of the season? I know you said you might go back to Estonia and race some of your own nationals there in your own country. So uh, what does the rest of 2019 look like for Oki Caro? Well, I think it's step by step. Like we just got the first one, like here in Australia, out of the way, and we'll see. Like, uh, like I said, I'm open to staying if I can get some support to find a ride. But uh, as far as I know now, I will be heading back after the Broadford round, and yeah, that's 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 just the plan that I have right now. Yeah. Okay. That's. Um, I'd like to see you stick around, mate. I think uh, if no one's giving you the phone numbers yet, maybe we need to get you hooked up with the guys at KTM Australia and see if we can get you some. Uh, Maybe some better, some better parts on that bike, and uh, maybe some suspension and, and whatever else might help. And um, yeah, maybe get you some bonus checks too, mate. If you're going to get on the podium again, it wouldn't hurt to help for that uh, airplane trip back to Estonia, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Erky. <laughs> um, is there anybody you want to thank real quick before we get off? Yeah, I would like to thank the whole crew that brought me over, uh, starting with Frank Cambria and uh, Steve Binion and my mate Sean and uh, and Fern. Uh, I, I was so happy to like get a good result for them and, and just a massive thanks to them. All right, no worries, Oki. Well, hey, mate, thanks for coming on the show. Um, awesome ride at Wanthaggy. Really cool to see you over here. It's a really cool story. And um, yeah, we will catch you in a couple of weeks at Broadford, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. See ya. Yep. All right, Duran, Erky Caro. Man, that's a cool story. Yeah, really cool story for uh, someone just to be able to come over. Uh, you know, have some friends that he had met in America and supply him a bike and to come out and win Moto One like that. It's pretty surprising. Dude, I'm talking like uh, when I say I was in the privateer pits walking around talking to everybody, I normally go back there and talk to like the MXD guys and, and some of the younger families. And and I, I knew that I wanted to talk to Erky and I and I stumbled across this sort of pit tent set up off the side of a van and I just saw Caro um on the on the bike and I was like oh that's that's Kara I gotta go talk to him and I started talking to the um the, the, the crew he's with and I got the vibe real quick because I said oh okay obviously you guys are you know you, you tied him with KDM you got a dealership or something you brought him over they're like nah mate we just went and bought the bike or and I'm like oh okay and, and then I'm talk, talking to him looking at the bike I'm like this thing's stock like this is a group of people that obviously met him overseas they believe in him and they've just said hey man we'll, we'll get your bike come over here doesn't get much more Aussie, uh, Aussie battler than that, does it? Well, there was a like you know a lot of anticipation coming into that first 450 moto because you know we had that mud race that happened and we weren't sure what was going to happen and we had Boppo get the whole shot and Erky was in second and I was just thinking I think I even said on the uh, NRG TV that we'll see how long these guys can you know stay out front and yeah we were sort of looking at each other like okay I'm looking at live timing like where is everybody else the heavy hitters. And that, I haven't had a race like that that we've seen in a long time where so many stories evolved in front of us that we didn't expect to have happen. Well, we had Boppo still in the lead pretty much for 20 minutes and yeah. we were just wondering, like, is he going to be able to actually pull this off? <laughs> like and then, he nearly did. He nearly and Erky, did. And he you know, pulled that second gear and, and 
took the lead. So he looked like he had it until that last lap. He had that nice battle with Clout and, uh, you know, a little bit lucky that Clout got the penalty. But I kind of feel like it all worked out, right? Because Erky, I really wanted him to win that first moto and with the penalty he did. So that's awesome. Uh, but then it didn't hurt Cloud either. Cloud still got the overall. So I feel like that was a, I don't know, you know, sometimes karma works out pretty good for everybody like that. Well, we were walking back, uh, you know, for lunch break after that first moto and his, uh, I guess our supporters or his team that he has around him yeah, were they like, were making what the, that, <laughs> did that just happen sort of thing. So it was pretty cool to see how excited they were and uh, I definitely don't think they were, you know, expecting... Uh, him to go out and obviously win the first motor that he does. But uh, the interesting thing will be whether we come into Broadford, uh, it's obviously not a loamy surface like Wanthaggy. Uh, is he going to be able to you know, pull, pull off results like this? Because for him to go uh, get two podiums if he does at Broadford and just drop the mic and say, I'm out of here over to Estonia again, uh, that's going to be you know, a little bit disappointing and uh, kind of a very interesting story. No, look, I think Broadford's more of a European-style racetrack as well. It's got that whole GP vibe. I think Erky comes out and he's going to be right back there at Broadford, I really think. Um, you know, it's, uh, like I said, it's not like we're going to a, a super, a quote-unquote, Aussie-style racetrack where it's maybe a little tighter and we've got two racetracks between Wanthaggy and Broadford that are fast, they're, they're flowing. And Broadford might be hard packed, but it's got that GP vibe. We've had MXGPs there back in the day. I think Erky comes out and, man, I really hope he figures out how to stick around, first of all. Well, you know, it's hard to judge off just one race, but if he has done the GPs, he's obviously got a lot of experience. He's um, not as young as we thought he was. He's, what did he say, he was 25? Yeah, so he's, he's got that decent level of, he's still young, but he's not, uh, he's quite, um, he's mature, but he's not... Um, you know, he's not too old either where he's not competitive. So I think we see Caro uh, come out swinging at Broadford. Now, I think that's enough for uh, for MX1. Let's get on to MX2 now. And uh, there was a lot of stories in MX1 uh, to talk about. But let's get to uh, Pirelli MX2. And maybe not such a surprising day in MX2. You know, we expected Wilson Todd to come out and kill it. Uh, and he did. He, he absolutely dominated that field but there's a rider that i really was wanting to get on the uh get on the show and uh that's Coop posniak now pos he came out in the back-to-back motos duran he went third in moto one and he went fourth in moto two and that's back to back and um i'm a big fan of this kid and yeah i wanted to get him on the show and just hear from him because he's had a quiet couple of seasons so uh Coop posniak welcome to the show mate thanks for coming on yeah, how's it going, mate? Thank you. Thanks yeah, for good, me. man. Appreciate we, it. We got a hold of you in the end. It was a bit rushed tonight, but, uh, you know, I hit you up on the Instagram and I didn't get a response and I'm like, oh, okay, we're getting the rock star role here, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. We, we got a hold of you in the end, mate. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a late call, but um, yeah, I had me Instagram on, um, I had me notifications off, so I didn't get it until I got a message from my old boy, but yeah, I'm happy to be on the show. It's cool. I guess you got to mute them DMs when all the girls are hitting you up right after doing good at Wani. <laughs> all right man so hey um i'd say cooper posniak is back pos i mean look you you came into the season you let's be honest you've had a pretty average couple years uh compared to what we saw before that you know some injuries and whatnot so we don't need to go into too much detail there but you know you're back you jump back on a kdm you're a 52 stroke and you go out of appen and and i said this to you on saturday at one thaggy i was like mate you're about literally three foot five tall on a two to two <laughs> stroke in the muddiest race in history. 
and you should not have um, you should not have done that well in qualifying or the race. So let's start there. Like that was a really good round one for you. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it was a rough couple of years um, since my first year of the MX Nationals MXT MXD. I had a really good uh, first year when uh, me and my dad just thought we'd give it a crack and then it privateer on a KTM the first year and went really good. Ended up third in the championship that year, and then um, in 2017 I was on a um, F3 Yamaha team and. Unfortunately, I had the red plate coming into the in the first round, and then um, I had a crash at the third round, I believe it was. And yeah, that was Condale, a, right? That first yeah, turn Condendale. crash. Yeah, yeah, I had a big crash there. I broke my wrist um, pretty bad, and I ended up um, gritting out for the season and ended up still racing all the rounds with a um, broken wrist, but um, ended up um, getting third in in that champ in that um, season. And then wow, yeah, did you last end up year, third there in the end? Jeez. Yeah, I ended up, ended up um, um, getting a few good results towards the end. And unfortunately, I, had a, uh, I was still in the championship hunt with uh, three rounds to go, but had a um, bike problem at Murray Bridge and got a DNF there, which that pretty much chucked me out of it. But um, yeah, still ended up third, which was all right. But then, yeah, last year was like sort of a learning year for me in MX2, and it was kind of a struggle, but... Um, yeah, me and Dad thought we'd just go back, go back to where we started. Really, went back to a KTM where it all started, and then thought we may as well go on a two-stroke because they obviously got so much power and stuff. And um, Ryan Marmont was keen to help me out on a two-stroke, and he knows what he's doing with a two-stroke. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, good to have him to help me out, and then kind of went into Appen with no expectations and went p3 in qualifying which was good and then ended up seventh overall which was good and then yeah um at one thaggy on the weekend i had some good results so yeah i think after that i just needed that um bit of confidence so yeah hopefully hopefully we're back now get on the podium a few times this year should be good hey mate it's Dran. i was just gonna ask you uh before you said there so you've on a privateer program you've chosen the two-stroke uh, you just mentioned Doggy Marmont, so he's been around forever and got some, you know, a lot of experience. Uh, you know, just explain your program, who's supporting you, and you know how you get into the races. Uh, yeah. So um, at the start of the year, um, me and Dad sort of didn't really know what we we're gonna do, so we just went. We just thought we'd go to the KTM two-stroke and just wing it, sort of thing. Dad wanted me to ride a two-stroke at the end of last year, but. Um, we uh, ended up just staying on the four-stroke, and then we thought we'll go on the two-stroke this year. And then, um, luckily, Ryan Marmont he um, gave me a message on um, Instagram and um, said I'm keen to help you and stuff throughout the year. So that was that was a big eye-opener. And so when you to, say to when you say Marmont's helping you, that's with his company uh, MX R and D, right? Yeah, um, MX R and D. So is he helping you with motors and suspension? Like, what's he doing for you? Um, so I'm pretty much just getting my bike through Hunter Valley Motorsports and then um, I'm taking Ryan's doing um, Denny Apro's doing my suspension and then MXR&D Ryan he's like doing all my testing like he's doing my motor um, helping me in my race bike building that and fixing it up after each round and then um, yeah just a lot of testing just motor motor wise sort of thing and then, yeah, just all the other little stuff like pipes and all the stuff he knows because 
he's been riding one all for super, uh, last Supercross season. He rode one, so he knows a lot about them. And yeah, but yeah, we've got a good setup at the moment. So heading into that last moto, you know, uh, we're sort of the talk of the class of the day. Uh, you went three, four. What actually happened in that last moto? Because, you know, you set yourself up perfectly. There was a lot of inconsistent results. And uh, we sort of pegged you for a podium on the overall. What happened? Yeah, so I was sort of, I finished the first two motos. And I was really happy. I was stoked with how I rode, but I didn't really want to put any pressure on myself. So I just sort of went to the start line and just thought whatever happens, happens really. And then I, I sort of chose an outside gate where they had made it like look really like they got all the got rid of all the slosh dirt off the start straight and um I took off the start and then I like collided bars to the rider next to me and then got uh wheel spun because we had a paddle tire on and there was really hard dirt on the base so I just spun and got a pretty average start I was in like 10th coming around the first corner and then I I was stuck behind, oh, well, I was coming through the pack and then um, Dad kind of, I was like halfway through the moto and Dad rode on the pit board. I sort of needed to get past the two riders in front of me to get on the podium because um, Jai Roberts went down and he was the rider that got third, I believe. So I was thinking I was two positions behind him and I needed to get past two more riders and then the last lap board came out and I was just trying really hard to get past some two riders. And then unfortunately I hit his back wheel trying to get past him and had a little tip over, but I was really sort of going for it on the last couple of laps, but that's racing, I guess. Yeah. It's all, a shame. All, good, uh, all part of it. Shame. We didn't see you there on the podium overall, but um, you know, sounds we missed a lot of that on the show, unfortunately, but that would have been some good racing to see. <laughs> um, as far as, you know, we haven't really had a chance to talk to any MX2 riders yet, so you're the first guy we've had on after the back-to-backs. How was it yeah. doing that back-to-back moto? Did you, obviously it worked for you, you went 3-4. Um, <laughs> you know, short race, track position's key, 252-stroke, getting you out of the gate. Um, it works well. How was it? Yeah, no, the back-to-back moto was pretty cool. I um I didn't mind it at Raymond Terrace when we did that one um, last year. I thought it was pretty cool, but it's something different sort of thing. It's just quick motos get in there and get it done you have to get a start but yeah I um there was really soft on the start straight and then back to back so the start was key and I got a good that was the main thing I got a, I put myself in good positions off the start both motos and then just rode my own race and stayed in that position so it was good I, I really liked them but um I think I'm I'm not as good at doing sprint motos so I'm really looking forward to our first 30 minute moto of the year I really think um, um, it'll show who's fit and who's not fit, really. And I think I've really been putting in the work lately. So it'll show in them 30-minute motos. I'm looking forward to it. So jumping way ahead here, I just have to ask. So it's pretty unique you're on the two-stroke. Uh, we don't actually have too many uh, guys in the MX2 class riding them now. Uh, when Superclass comes around, are you going to stay on the two-stroke or are you going to jump back to the four? Um, I have, we have no plans at this stage, really, what we're going to do for Supercross, if I'm going to stay on the two-stroke. I was ho- hoping to do the, um, the Nationals or see what happens in the Nationals, maybe get a fill-in ride or something for Supercross, if that was to happen. That's the plan anyway, but if that doesn't go ahead, I will just probably ride, Marmont has, um, raced Supercross on the two-stroke, so he has a really good setup on 
uh, for the two stroke for Supercross. So yeah, he we'll was. Ride the uh, two- he was killing it last year on that yeah. two stroke. Yeah, yeah, he done that was X Open and all that sort of stuff, and he actually went really good. So he, he wants me to try the two stroke and the Supercross. But yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go, and if I like it, I'll race it. If I don't like it, I guess we'll just go to the four stroke. But see what happens. Time will tell, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like you, you and your you and your dad doing it. So like you said, privateers, and you're going back to the basics. And I guess the catch twenty two, Coop, is that you know sometimes the teams put a asterisk like oh he's he's on a two stroke. Sometimes it doesn't always count. Um, what are you getting, you know, KDM, are they giving you additional support? Like, do you got a bonus program with those guys or, or any budget with parts and stuff? Or are you pretty much just doing it through the dealership? Uh, so I have nothing really. I'm pretty much just doing everything through the dealership. Like, um, we could have went with Yamaha and I had, I, I didn't have anything with them either. So I couldn't really tee anything up for the year. So me and dad just thought, well, we've got a choice what, what bike we can ride because we don't have anything. To, we haven't been offered anything or we couldn't get any parts budget or bikes or anything. So we, yeah, we just went with the KTM. No, that's cool. Just, Look, just I think, because, yeah. I think what you're saying there though is something that um, you see a lot of in the sport and sometimes, you know, like you, you had that team ride, you had some injuries, you've been sort of chasing that feeling and trying to make things happen. And you guys have just gone and put together your own program that you're happy with. And yep. clearly, you know, you're back in that happy feeling. It's working for you on the bike. It's definitely working for you on the track. I mean, I know it's early in the season, um, but sometimes taking a step back and just saying, hey, we're going to ride exactly what we want yep. to ride. Um, I think more riders need to take a look at that when they're trying to find that to flow again, you know? Yeah, that's it. Me and my dad had a sit down at the, start, uh, the end of last year and sort of just said realistically, like, um, we yeah, we – asked a few people if we can get any help or whatever but no one was really keen to help me so we just um sort of thought yeah may as well just go with what we like and what we know so yeah we i kind of got to choose whatever i really wanted to run which was kind of cool like i can run whatever suspension i want to run i can run whatever bike whatever pipe whatever tires sort of thing so um i reckon it's kind of cool doing a lot and i'm really happy with the setup we've got now and i think um it'll be a really good year because i'm happy with my bike i'm happy with everything so yeah it should be good it shows on the track mate so hey quickly before we let you go you're a late addition to the show i really want to squeeze you in um but uh i obviously on on your instagram i follow you and and a lot of other people do as well now um what's the go i see you driving forklifts at a botlo or something during the week like what what uh what's that your (laughs) midweek job or something what is that or you just stealing stealing booze to to hustle (laughs) on the weekends what is it (laughs) No, so um, I at the end of oh uh, no, yeah, the end of um, la- oh halfway through last year, I sort of picked up a sponsor. Um, it was a dirt glue company, so they like put um glue in to driveways, and he actually owns a um bottle load business as well, like a factory. And um, yeah, he just said if you ever need any money, like if you need some help with work or anything, and need some money. You're more than welcome to come and work for us. So that's what I'm doing now, sort of work um, once or twice every week when I've got time. Like, And, I yeah, I just do once or twice a week work and um, just to get a bit of money to get to the races and stuff. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment, <laughs> working uh, at a bottle factory. That's cool, man. I just <laughs> I kind of figured that's what it was, but when you see the Instagram yeah. stories, it's like – 
Yeah, okay, forklift, bottle of, uh, bottles of beer. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, hey, you're private here. you got to do what you got to do. you got to make some money to pay to get to the races and do your thing. Yeah, but, that's um, it. Hey, Coop, uh, thank you for coming on the show, mate. Um, like I said, late edition, but I'm glad we got you on. Um, really stoked to see you doing well and getting back to form. And uh, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks at Brawford, mate, and I hope you uh, bring that big 252 stroke swinging up that start straight and uh, put it out front <laughs> again, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me in the show. It was good. And, yeah, I'll see you guys at um, yeah Broadford. Should be good. All right, mate. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, Duran, uh, Cooper Posniak. I just really want to get him on the show because he killed it at uh, Appen. And, man, if it wasn't for that third moto little couple of mistakes, like he'd have been on the podium at Wontaggy. That's that's big for him. Which would have been surprising. Uh, I think if you asked anyone sort of coming into round one, you'd have your favourites. And, you know, he didn't have the greatest year last year, but uh, he's on a program now that he's really comfortable with. He's on that two-stroke, and it seems to be working for him. For such a small guy, I said, I think, in the yeah. on NRG, it looked like a lot of bike, but he's making it work, and the thing looked like it handled well, and uh, he was, you know, using it really well. I just got to say now, is Coop, like, he's, he's like Josh Kasia. Does he remind you of Josh at all? I feel like if he was ever to get taken out on the track, he would just be like Kasia and come up swinging. I don't know. I just get that feeling. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's probably not the personality. Maybe he's just that little dude and he's kind of quiet and understated. I, I don't know. He just reminds me of Kasia. Like, probably the same sort of riding style. Like, yeah. Just, uh, you know, you know, always gives 100% when he's on the track. And it'll be awesome to see if he can get some more results. And coming into the Broadford, you know, it's a hilly track, a bit of a horsepower track. Uh, he's definitely not going to be low on horsepower on that 252 stroke. So no, uh, I'd expect him to be up there once again. And if he does that at Broadford, we're going to start expecting him to get these results. And, you know, next year he'll probably be end up on a, on a team if that if that's the case. It'd be cool to see see where it goes for Coupos down. Let's talk about MX2, the results. We got a little bit running long tonight, but that's all good because from uh, everyone's feedback so far, they're loving listening to the, the podcast show. So let's run it long and uh, let's go to MX2 now. And, um, right, back-to-back motos. First uh, of the new format, because of round one, it was a mutter. It got cancelled in MX1. So now we've got MX2 at round two of the first ones to run the back-to-back. So we've got two back-to-back eight-lap motos. I do 16 laps total with a five-minute break in between. Basically works out to a 30-minute moto with a break in the middle. Um, Wilson Todd, he pretty much dominated both of them. Yeah, I don't know what you can really say too much about... Uh, Wilson Toddy just came out, absolutely smoked him. But uh, coming into the event, Wontaggy, uh, I think everyone had heard, because he practice there, practices there a lot, he trains with uh, Ross and they do a lot of their riding there. Uh, he was really fast. I'd heard some really good things coming into the weekend about his speed around there during the week. So It clearly wasn't an exaggeration. No, no. He, he looked like he was doing it easy. He was on another level. Like there's only there's no other way you can put that. Like in the in that last moto... Who did he get caught up behind at the start on, on Moto3 um, before he made the pass? Who was out front? Uh, well, I know we had Tanty in the first one. I think it was. He was out front, but I'm just trying to think. Uh, so I, I, We watched way too much racing on the weekend. I know he was in second. He got through to the front. Um, but, man, once he got clear track, he was gone. Yeah, he just made it look easy. And coming into these you know, future rounds, I don't think he's going to smash everyone like he did this weekend because... He's almost had that home track advantage. I don't know. See, I disagree. I feel like um, we're going to see that for most of the season, honestly. But you can't tell me like riders like Jay Wilson aren't going to step up at some of the rounds that, you know, coming into the weekend, you wouldn't think, you know, Jay's like he's that 
tracks where he's going to stand out. Like no, Jay Jay's going to be strong, uh, um, and definitely like guys like Tanny and Roberts, they're going to have the speed. But I think you know when you just get that vibe, like it's someone's year to shine. Like Wilson's had that last year, but wasn't dominating as such. We, I don't think we've seen a performance like that from him where he got good starts, he got to the lead quickly and just rode away from everyone, looked like he was, you know, riding, doing it easy. Mm. Um, the maturity, he's starting to get older, he's of age now. You know, sometimes we've seen him be a little bit mentally uh, not as strong as he needs to be. I think that was definitely a case with Maston in that championship in 17. You know, it's fair to say that went down to the last round and... It didn't work out for Wilson. But well, I think, uh, you know, people say you got to lose a championship before you win, win one. And he came down to the wire, got second in two championships that year. Yeah, and yeah. And, you know, it had to be hard mentally for him. But he came out and he won last year. And, uh, you know, now he's got a nine-point nine lead. He, um, you know, because he had those consistent one-one-ones over each moto, uh, everyone else was kind of, you know, all over the place. It was. It was yeah, super. It was, if you take a look at the, the rest of the results, now... Um, sorry, Darnell just just hooked it up. It was Jai Dixon. That's a whole I, shot. That I've got third him written moto. down. Yeah. He he went five, ten, seven for six overall, and that's awesome. Now Three he, top tens. Looked like he wasn't you know holding anyone up too much. Like he did slip back to fifth there in that first moto, but it was a great ride, and uh, you know. And Dixon, he did that last year in MXT. If he got a start, he would run with guys that were way above his um reputation or his level of uh you know in the class i mean he did that again in that moto you know he was battling with wilson there and it was it was super impressive wilson todd that is um so yeah you know jai dixon six overall that was super impressive now like you said duran the rest of the field was pretty spread out as far as results to get the overall aaron tanny ended up second overall he got he went second nine and four so I don't know, to get a ninth in the moto and still come out with a um, podium result for the day, that's really awesome for him. Like, obviously not what you want, getting a ninth in one of those motos, losing a little bit of points, but for him to come out with a second, and also Roberts, who went 7-2-5 in three motos. A little bit of inconsistency, and, you know, that showed with a few other riders like uh, Webster, who... I felt like should have got a podium on the day. He should have, but it, unfortunately for Webster, it's the same story as last year with Thaggy. The mechanicals, um, that bike was, that bike was smoking for a long time in that first moto before it eventually, you know, let go for him. And I think that's good. Yeah, heartbreaking way to start the day. That's going to be three consecutive DNFs at Thaggy for him. Yeah, yeah, because the both days are last year and then and then this year. Um, Man, Webster was on fire, though. Well, you know, his other results, uh, he still got eighth overall with a DNF. So it goes to show he was really uh, putting in in those other two motos. Well, we had riders like uh, like we just spoke about, Jai Dixon, but also Sam Pals went top ten in every moto. Uh, yeah, Pelsey was super consistent. Man, he's impressing me this year, Sam Pelsey. He did well at Appen as well. Um, just solid top ten guy. It's cool to see Pelsey, like, very understated, kind of does his own thing. Um I've managed to talk to him once or twice on the airport bus coming back from the interstate rounds, but I never really see him on race day much. He kind of just does his own thing. Well, yeah, he's, but if he keeps con- continuing to get these top 10 results, you know, you definitely got to see him uh, when at the races. But uh, Joel Evans just goes to show you how important a start is. Uh, it's so cool for him to get a third in yeah, Moto2. Yeah, that was, that was awesome for Evans. Like, I'm not sure if something happened in the first Moto, but he went 16-3-11 and... Um, 
awesome to see. I don't think he's ever, like, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he would have even gotten a top five in a moto. So for him to get up there, and it wasn't out of place. Like, he was doing it easy. He um, seemed like he was in control and just rode the whole race in third, and it was a really good result. Yeah, track position, especially in that muddy start to the day when the sand was really heavy with the water. Evans, um, he killed it. Now, I want to talk about Nathan Crawford. Um, ninth overall, you know, you know, we know NATO's coming in with an injury. The the mud race didn't really show us where he was at. I don't know if this is an indication of where he's at, but he did not look like the Nathan Crawford that we are used to seeing. He looked really off the pace. Well, I think he caught, got caught up in that uh, first turn crash in that second moto. Uh, or something definitely did happen because we had a few riders like uh, Jay Wilson get a 12th in that second moto mm. and Crawford got 15th. So Even if you take that result away, though, Duran, like whenever we saw him on screen for NRG TV, he didn't look like we're used to seeing, you know, his not as much intensity. In his no, I, I would say no intensity. Like kind of like he was surviving a little bit. Um, so yeah, for NATO, I don't know. It just it was a quiet day for him. I was a little surprised. Well, you know, we all know he's good. So I think in the second half of the series, uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see him, you know, click off some round wins and and make yeah. this interesting. But I don't think you can. Yeah, it's not just he's gone off the boil. It's just the injuries, obviously, clearly. But it's just going to be whether or not. It's, you know, too little, too late by the end of the season, whether he's out of the point. So hopefully you can stop, you know, the bleeding hopefully. Uh, with these I mean, results in the first few rounds. We'll see where it goes at round three, but uh, not what we were expecting from Nathan Crawford. Isaac Ferguson, the privateer, on that two-stroke. He's 10th, uh, Evans 11th, same deal. Dylan Wills. Um, Wills, you got it going in one of the motos. I think it was moto two or three. Moto two, he factored in. No, so he got an 18th in Moto2. All right, so what, so what moto was it that, <laughs> what moto was it that Wilsey uh, killed? I think it was Moto3. Let's take a look. I th- yeah, he went 6th, didn't he, in Moto3. So, um, uh, I just remember seeing him on the show. Yeah, Dylan Wills, 6th position, Moto3. Uh, did a 151.5. So, I mean, that's, that's within the range of uh, two seconds off the podium. I mean, it was a long way off of the, the you know, 146th that... Wilson Todd was doing what everybody else was close to the 49. So uh, same sort of deal with Wilsey. I mean, he's got the speed when he, when he can make it happen and um, he steps in the right direction for Dylan Wills. I'd like to see more of that. Well, that 18th, if you go off his Instagram was because of a, a whole shot button malfunction. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. man, There's so much goes on on the weekends. I forget. I saw Wilsey and um, Jesse Dobson in the pits and Wilsey said that, that, he, he literally had to pull into the mechanics area off that second moto start straight into the mechanics area. And it took like three of the mechanics in that area to, to get that whole shot button like dislodged. It was completely jammed on with the mud. Yeah. It's quite unlucky and, you know, not something that you think is going to happen uh, when you go, you know, usually coming out of that first turn, if your whole shot button's still locked in, you can't ride. It's your front end so low, you've got no front end traction and it's pretty yeah. much just dangerous. So, for him to have to pull in and uh, get that disengaged would have been, you know, really disappointing and, you know, panicking because you're losing so much championship points with, you know, 18th like that. Not what, not what he would have wanted. Uh, so that was Dylan Wills. Now, Bailey Malkowitz, 13th overall. First really dry race for Malkowitz. So he only got one top 10 out of the three motos and he's got to be disappointed with, the, you know, the start to his season. So I think he's probably learning that in MXD at the level he was at compared to everybody else, you can get a bad start. And you can have an average qualifying and you can still come through. In MX2, you can't do that. And with the fact that the track was so unlined, if you didn't get the starts, like, obviously, we, you can obviously do it. He got a sixth in 
one of the motos. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, and look, he, I just didn't see him in any of the first turns. Like, in, on the TV show, I didn't see him at all. And that's going to be a problem at a racetrack like Wonthaggy. Well, hopefully, you know, Broadford's got that start. It's not, not going to be wet if we, you know, don't get the Victorian weather. But uh, I think... <laughs> you want to put money on that? <laughs> well, he, he could be one of those riders that comes out and get a podium in a moto. So uh, he's got, definitely got the speed, whether or not, you know, he can put it together. It is his first year in the MX2 class. It's going to be a learning year. I, you don't want to be too hard on him too soon. He's a rookie. I just know he's going to want more. It's good. I don't think Bailey Markowitz is used to being 13th overall on a day, ever. Um, so yeah, that that's going to be interesting to see where it goes from our quits. Um, but I know he's capable of more. Uh, Riley Duke's fourteenth. Uh, Latimer, Ricky Latimer, that is fifteenth. Caleb Barham, sixteenth overall. Not not the best day for Barham. I, I guess um, you know he'd like to be higher up. Uh, Morgan Fogarty, nineteenth. Fogarty surprised me a little bit as far as I know he's coming back off pretty much a year of recovery from that big knee reconstruction he had. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Fogarty might have been a little bit further up in the field, but he was there. And well, uh, he was right in contention with Malkowitz uh, for the MXD title until he had that, you know, knee injury. Yeah, it was pretty much his his. Uh, he had to step away. I think his knee was destroyed at that point, but he toughed it out as long as he could. But I think he only got on the bike a few weeks before he went to New Zealand for the NZ Championships. And um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I would have thought he would have been a little bit further up in the field, but he's probably just getting things going. Um, Let's take a look outside. Some of the local Vic guys. Uh, Royce now twenty first. Solid, solid ride there for Royce. Constantino was twenty second. Brewster was twenty third. Uh, Chandler Burns twenty fifth. So some of the locals there. Uh, Maddie Brown. Shout out to Maddie Brown. She's the only female in the class. Didn't get the national title last year for the women's class, but uh, I think she went twenty three thirty for twenty ninth overall. Um, not a standout day for Maddie, but you know, hats off to her. She's uh, getting it done with the boys in the, in the pro class. And I think that brings a wrap to MX2, Duran. Um, right, let's move it along to MXD. And uh, we're going to get those results up right now. Now, the MXD class. Um, so, we did this last week with Jack Simpson. Uh, and it's something that I really want to try to keep doing. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, the podcast studios at the gym where I train all the uh, motocross guys that I, uh, that I coach. And um, Jacko was in the, the gym last week doing a session. And I want to introduce you guys to Riley Finlay. Now, Riley is, uh, like I said, he's a rider I train in the gym. He is a rookie in the MXD class. And uh, he rode to a 12th overall um, at Wonthaggy. So, Riley, uh, thanks for hanging out, mate. I know it's late. And um, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, no school tomorrow for you because we're, we're doing it pretty late. So, it's pretty good just hanging out, right? Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> how's um, how's Thaggy? Talk about, um, you know, because you didn't actually race Appen. You guys decided that after qualifying, it was too wet. I think you made the right call. Um, so you didn't get to race the first race and the only race because you guys were on a budget. You don't want to risk blowing that bike up. Um, so your first real MXD race coming out of juniors at Thaggy. what do you think? Um, started the day off pretty average with uh, qualifying 23rd, but pulled myself together for the last couple of motos and pretty happy with the overall 12th. Yeah, that was that was good. When you texted me this morning, like I said, there's so much going on a race day. I sort of get a chance to keep an eye on you guys, but not not really as much as I'd like. Um, 12th overall. So, you know, last junior race for you, uh, 2018 junior Aussies at Penguin in Tasmania. You had a pretty good show in there, I thought, considering the year you had with some injuries. 
what uh, what's the major difference you noticed at one thaggy as far as juniors to mxd what, what did you think I just have to say that like uh mxd we've got so many fast riders like they're all point point one or one second two seconds from about 20th to um probably 20th to 10th like one second difference yes yeah, so there's a lot of parity there's a lot of uh, the depth right compared to juniors it's, it's a lot deeper yeah that'd be right um so yeah where you said you qualify 23rd 23rd yes. yeah and i think what like uh, one second would have seen you in, yeah probably in the side of the top 15 nearly. yeah easily yeah um so you know going from there this is what the show is all about as far as the story uh as you know where did the riders come from and and how do guys get to the races now you're obviously you're 16 16 i should know this you're 16 years old um you know you're doing it with your family so we we went and got some food after the gym session before the podcast show and you're basically telling uh, donnell and i that you and your dad slept in the transit van under a wind sail at the local coles because you didn't want to hear the rain on the roof of the van on saturday night that that's it right yeah i um i didn't want to hear the rain (laughs) hitting the tin roof so Try to get some good sleep, so we parked it under. Uh, parked it under the coals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, you you're a full privateer. Um, you and your dad uh, and your mum, so Paul and Val, driving to the races. Um, you know how how is that? As far as obviously you've been to the MX Nationals before, but you know you guys rock up and you're in the privateer pits. You look obviously the big semi trucks and and all the pro guys. Um, how's it feel? It's uh, it's pretty surreal. Where Right amongst it now, um, growing up a bit, getting a bit scary, nearly <laughs> out of school. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty good though. Cool vibe though, right? Getting to do it with your family and stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so you, you're doing the whole series? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm going towards the end when they start getting a bit further away from home. And then if I'm going good, um, continuing drive up those far races and spend that bit of extra money and do it all. But if not, we'll just hang back a little bit. Just say to Paul, you got to sell. You got to sell more meat, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make some extra money. Let's go to the races. Yeah. Um, so 12th overall, take us through the day. The first term was gnarly. I don't think you got the best starts. Um, so Moto 1, where'd you end up? Moto 1, I um, ended up 17th. I got taken off, taken out on the, uh, coming into the S-bends off the start. And um, yeah, that was pretty rough, but got up pretty quick, got past a few. Was then um, sitting 14th, battling with Hugh Roach, and then... Yeah, we got that on the show. You guys, well, it was basically Roach taking the inside and you riding off the track, trying to go <laughs> around the outside of him for like a whole lap. Did you get him in the end? Yeah, I did get him in the end. Um, took a few laps. Uh, in the show, you can see I get a bit impatient, start running some muddy outside lines, but... Um, yeah, Donnell got that one. He, he got that one on the thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was pretty hard, like, hop off that main line, and it's just so, so wet. It was compared to that main line in Moto One. Um, where'd you end up in Moto Two? Moto Two, I ended up at a average start. Obviously, not the best gate pick. Um, ended up thirteenth. Sorry, thirteenth. Um, so made a few passes, got in the thirteenth, and then stayed there for the rest of the moto. That's not bad, man. I mean, twelfth overall. Um, it's it's probably going to take a lot more to get you inside the top ten. Um, you know, do you feel like? Being on track with those guys now, that's achievable for you? Yeah, I definitely I definitely aim to get in the top 10. Obviously, it'd be awesome. But um, I see it achievable. Better start, better qualifying so I can get better gate picks and then That's massive. That, that's a big thing to learn for you guys in MXD is being able to qualify because, like you said, everyone's so close. Um, and gate pick means track position. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, all right, mate. Well, hey, you've, you've hung out all night. I just wanted to get you on for a minute. So th- thanks for being patient, hanging out. Um, how was the, you know, you, we did a gym session tonight, a little bit of a recovery session, bit of strength. Um, how were the, the two 20-minute, uh, I know they're, they're 10 lappers, so to speak, but how, how was the the endurance side of it compared to juniors? What do you think about that? Um, it started off pretty good. Towards the end, it got a bit tired. It just um, you can go out on a practice track and what we call rough and do a few motos there, like the same length, but you can't get anything similar to the tracks that rough. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you ride a, you ride a lot. You know, you, got, you live just up the road from Rosebud. You're out there every Tuesday. Paul and you are always at the tracks on the weekends putting in the laps. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't replicate that race rough, right? No, it's, it's not possible. All right, Riley. Well, hey, man, thanks for coming on. And um, good job with 12th overall. Thanks for hanging out all night. And, um, yeah, man, let's get you back on soon. And hopefully we see you inside that top ten, huh? Thanks for having me on. No worries, mate. See you later. All right, we're just going to get Riley to swap out with Duran now. We're still not – we're bowling on a budget right now, so uh, we've only got two mics. But, um, hey, Duran, you're all right, mate. You was doing, like, yoga in the background there. What was that? You all right? Dude, I've, I've fractured my back too many times. <laughs> uh, and wearing this sling right now just absolutely killing me. For, for those of you guys that – well, if you're still listening an hour and 44 minutes in, that hat's off to you. Duran – He's making some shapes like Mr. Burns right now, trying to get back into the chair. Yeah, well, I, yeah, for the listeners out there, I did have surgery last Tuesday, so uh, hopefully my shoulder's fixed once and for all now, and I can get back to riding in a few months. We hope so. I want to see you back out there. Right, let's um, let's get to it. We just had a chat with Riley, 12th overall in MXD. Um, Regan Duffy, Duran goes out and, um, you know, wins both motos it was pretty much the duffy show however there were a couple guys that stepped up mason Rowe really impressed me and uh, max purvis in that second moto you know Rowe had great starts all day i wouldn't say took it to duffy but he was there or thereabouts for a few laps um but duffy had the speed well he put himself in good positions uh this is Rowe i'm talking about so he he had you know really good starts and uh, good speed in the you know initial part of the mo- both motos. So for him, he ended up what second overall. So uh, really good day for him. And uh, I'm not sure how he went at round one. Do you remember? Um, not off the top of my head, but uh, don't know. We'll get on it. Um, we'll find out. But yeah, row for him. He, you know, to, to take it to Duffy. Like obviously Duffy coming in was. Uh, one of the favourites. Uh, definitely the, the favourite. I mean, like we said, he knows the track, he's fast in the sand. And I think we had a few questions, you know, answered between uh, our top two guys, Duffy and Purvis. Um, in that second moto, Purvis actually caught onto the back of Duffy and, you know, was about to make a race for it. Didn't make those choices with the lap riders very well, but uh, it just showed you that, you know, Regan Duffy is... Good mentally, he can deal with the pressure. Well, he did. He did go down in that second moto, um, like you said. He went. Oh yeah, we were watching. Yeah, yeah. He, he went down. So it was Purvis's opportunity to rattle him, and he tried. He tried to make a move. He was putting pressure on him. And Duffy held strong. I mean, his heart rate would have been at about two hundred and fifty getting up from that little tip over, knowing he was in the lead, and he nearly lost that lead. But um, Purvis really didn't execute the pass, and then he got jammed up with the lappers really badly, and. Kind of looked like in that second moto, the wheels came off a little bit for Purvis as far as his charge to the front. Look, still got second in the moto. It was a solid ride. But for him to have such a bad first moto, he got lapped. And it wasn't like he was, you know, lapped and sort of latched onto the back of that lead group. He got lapped and dropped. So he obviously, you know, he pulled in to try and change goggles 
and yeah, he got fresh goggles, and from, then it yeah. started raining straight after that. So it didn't really work out for him. So for him to come out in that second moto, I felt like he really needed to pass Duffy and make a statement to say, "Yeah, I'm still in this." He had the red plate, and uh, yeah, didn't really capitalize on that second moto. It's I think it's the tail of under MXD though. Under 19s, the, the guys are young; they're learning. Well, um, I'm sure Duffy's going to have. At one stage, you know, he can't be, you know, completely faultless. No, I mean, look, he's already already had that crash there. He had two get-offs in the first moto at Appen. He had that crash there in the the moto at Wonthagia Moto 2. All it takes, you know yourself, that bike lands the wrong way. You bend your clamps. The motor won't start, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, and and that's a different story for Duffy. But, look, man, he was super impressive. And um, hats off to him taking the overall. Both moto wins. Mason Rowe, fantastic ride for Rowe in second. Um, overall, Reese Bard came through solid. He put himself in good positions and got third overall. So I think for Bard, it's going to be like if he can just get a little bit quicker, he'll be on that you know that top speed of those front two guys. It just seems like he's just a tick off, uh, and you know he's putting himself in good positions, and he's you know he's going to be one of the more solid guys. I he's think in his second year for the championship, he's doing a really good job of being there every weekend. We've only seen it obviously two rounds, but like you said, maybe doesn't quite have the speed right, but he's there all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, like are you, I said, are you swiping again? No, I was, I've got uh, the results up. Oh, okay. Sometimes uh, Rand uses a different app when we're on the show, uh, where you swipe left or right. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bud put himself in really good positions. And the other rider that was up there uh, was Noah Ferguson. Yeah, so Ferguson. Um, like, I've been big in Ferguson up, um, you know, since the preseason show we did. Uh, fourth overall, he got a good start in Moto2. <laughs> and he put himself in a better spot than he has all season. And, and he put his Instagram post out. He said that's more like what he's expecting. He's building, and he was happy with that. He showed some speed in Moto2. Fourth overall, Mason Simmons finally saw Mason back in the top five. Bit of a quiet day. I don't know if we really saw him on screen on the NRG Didn't really too much, see no. him, but look, considering the season he had, lost, didn't, didn't see him, Donnell. Um, considering the, the season he had last year, fifth overall has got to feel like a win almost for Mason. Well, yeah, he did have the entire season last year off, so... Uh, he could be, you know, a story come the end of the season that he's, you know, battling for wins. And I think, you know, with his credentials as a junior, uh, you'd expect that. But to have a whole year off, uh, it's a big ask to come out in these first couple of rounds and, you know, challenge for wins like that. But to be fifth, or, fifth overall, good start. Yeah, um, definitely moving in the right direction for Simmons. Brody Ellis, six, not the I don't know, solid day for Ellis, but I I would have uh, liked to see him a little further up. But I'm I'm not exactly sure what happened. Didn't get a chance to catch up with Brody after. But six overall is not going to hurt him in the championship too much. Um, but we're going to need to see him put it closer to the podium soon. Uh, Purvis seven, Kukas eight, Walker nine, Mackenzie Obrey ten, uh, Ty Jones out of Queensland eleven, Finlay twelve, Mahone out of WA thirteenth. Um, taking a look through. So one of the, one of the riders I wanted to talk about. We actually had him on the show last week. Michael Murphy, 18th overall. It's not like where he would expect to be after that third. I know it was in the mud, but for him, he'd want to be a top 10 rider. Yeah, hey, Riley, what happened to your boy Murphy? What happened to him? Crashed three times. Okay, so went down three times in Moto 1. Where did he end up in Moto 2? Yeah, he would have been top 10. Okay, so I guess rebounding from a bad Moto 1. But, um, yeah, that's the tale of MXD, right? It's it's tough for those kids to back it up weekend after weekend. Uh, Ashmore, 
He hole-shotted Moto 1 for a little bit there, was out front. It's cool to see that. Uh, Liam Walsh, 17th. He was fast in qualifying. Walsh, he was third, I think, in qualifying, but the NT rider couldn't really capitalize by the look of it. Um, I mean, that's the tale of MXD, like I said. And um, looks like Duffy, Rowe, Bud, they're starting to separate themselves from the rest of the field a little bit. Well, um, Purvis I, as well. Yeah, well, Purvis is that sort of, you know, he's had his mulligan. He's had that first moto where, you know, get, getting an 18th, he can't do that too much more. Um, mulligan or mul- mulligan for I Purvis? Well, I... <laughs> funny one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's getting late. Uh, it's late, I was, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, for him, he can't have too many more of those mistakes like that. And uh, for me, you know, I understand that you want to protect your eyes and you're coming through traffic and all that, but sometimes, and I, I'm going to sound like a bit of a dick here, but you... We're used to it now. It's all good. <laughs> sometimes I wouldn't myself pull in and get goggles. Uh, unless your eyeballs are scratched and, you know, from the f- previous motor or something like that, don't pull in and get goggles. I know that from a medical standpoint, that's probably not <laughs> not what they want to tell you. Disclaimer, folks, <laughs> don't listen to Duran or the Inside Dirt Show. When you're going for a championship, sometimes you've just got to risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Eyesight comes and goes. <laughs> With that trophies forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, th- is that his decision? Is that the pit board saying, hey, come in? It's it, You don't know in the heat of the moment. Well, like that you said. part of the moto, um, he, it probably was a good decision. And then he, he put the goggles on and it went, started raining. So um, probably, you know, I think probably eventually I had to take the goggles off again anyway. I think so. the most important thing for Purvis is that he, he, he ran with Duffy. He showed him a wheel. He didn't beat him. There's only so many times you can do that as a rider before that's demoralizing and you lose confidence. But right now... In Purvis's head, he's probably going, you know what, I, you know, this rookie kid Duffy, I've got his speed, just didn't make it happen. Yeah, well, he it's going to be interesting at Broadford whether or not, you know, I, I feel like if uh, Purvis comes out and uh, you know wins next round, he's going to you know put it to Duffy, and it's going to be a real championship run come the end of the year. Yeah, it'll be a battle if Duffy walks it. That might be a different story, but we're still early, guys. It's only round three coming up. And uh, look, thanks for sticking with us with us so late. Um, massive lineup on the show tonight. We had Lawson Bopping, Empire Kawasaki uh, filling in in the MX1 class. N- you know, nearly winning that Moto 1 there for a little bit was awesome to see. Had Erky Caro come on, the Estonian rider. Uh, Cooper Pozniak, uh, Riley Finlay chatted all about the, what, uh, the action that went down. And... Um, Real quick, we just got to give a shout out to Donnell. You're sitting here looking like Uncle Fester out of the Adams family with no hair. Uh, we shaved your head, not we personally, but you shaved your head uh, for uh, World's Greatest Shave at Wanthaggy yesterday. Um, good job to you, man. How much money did you guys raise? <laughs> You're going to hear my voice for the first time. Uh, I think we raised just under the $2,000 mark, so... A uh, massive thank you to everyone who donated and got behind the cause. Big shout-out to Reese Van Sluten and his partner, Belinda, from uh, Slutz Designs. They were the biggest donators who I said, whoever two weeks out donated the most money, I'll dye my hair whatever colour you want. So hence why I was walking around the track with pink hair on Sunday. Yeah, That's why. But, uh, it looked good. You. It looked thank good. you, everyone, that got behind it. Good cause there, mate. So good job to you. And um, anything else, Joanne? I think that's about it, right? Pretty much it. I'm pretty much sick of talking about Montaggy. We spent all day uh, talking on NRG and now a couple hours now, so I'm ready for Broadford. Sounds good to me. We will catch you guys uh, next week for the Broadford preview show. 
That's going to be episode number five for the Inside Dirt Show. Don't forget to please like, subscribe, share, get it out there, whatever you got to do. We've been really doing good numbers, guys. Um, thanks for listening this long. Thanks for getting it out there. A lot of people still approaching me um, in the pits and, and you know, hit me up on DMs on Instagram. And, and, man, keep it going. Let's get it out there. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know, everyone's been hitting Duran up as well. <laughs> Sometimes it's not as positive. Uh, but you know what? That's Duran's job, guys. And I'm going to talk about that in another show, but I feel... Oh, I've never heard of you. <laughs> I feel that, um, you know, the writers in Australia got to get a little bit more used to the media and, and, and what the media's job is as far as them as professional athletes. But you know what? That can uh, come in the future. But Duran, you're doing a great job, man. It was great to have you on NRG TV. You're going to come to Broadford and do it? I'll see how I'm feeling. You're, you're always with the ice. You just got to commit, bro. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put that in Duran Staple, and we'll probably be there for Broadford for the NRG TV show uh, broadcast, MX Live. And uh, yeah, check back with us next week, guys. The This is out Tuesday mornings. This is the preview. The review shows out Tuesday morning. Uh, so you're listening to that from Tuesday. The review shows will be out the Wednesday before each round. And with that, thank you very much for listening to the Inside Dirt Show. This is the One Thaggy review show done and dusted. Yeah.